0: You didn't ask for it, but it's happening anyway. Table to Stage Live will be hitting the stage at CT Comedy Theater in Hartford on May 22nd. Come see a live taping of the podcast with performances by stand up comedian Rob Santos, singer songwriter Abby Auden, and drag queen sensations Summer Orlando and Barbara Jones Street Sand. A selection of local vendors will also be on hand, including Kamani Harrison of the Key Bookstore and the art of La Ganza, Leonardo Gonzalez. Tickets are just $15 and are available now exclusively at tabletostagepod.com slash live. Seating is limited, so don't delay. Visit tabletostagepod.com today to learn more. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, keep creating. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he made that, it through it. Yeah,
2: this no, time. Not bad.
3: Welcome to Couch Crouches. This is Jim. I'm Joe. I'm Gonzo. We got a special
1: guest with us today. Is it me? No. Remember when I was a special guest? Yeah, and then, I remember that. Yeah,
3: and then we couldn't get you to go home.
1: <laughs> um, fair enough.
3: We got with us today, uh, old friend of mine. Old friend of mine. Old, old, old. Um, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> it's been a long. We were just talking about that. It's been a long time. Uh, Mr. Michael Pucci from uh, Escaton
1: Media. Howdy. How you doing? That's how you I'm pronounce that word, good. yeah. Yeah, okay.
3: I, I was right on the last show. I was so excited.
1: When I've when... always read the word in different things, but I've never known how to pronounce it. Right, I mean, what, I could be completely it. wrong, but I mean, oh, that's how. I'm Oh, it was that. you
3: this time. Yeah, I squeaked well, the chair. Well, you know what though? You know what though? Like, I'll give you a good example. My uh, a guy I know, um, Keith, <laughs> has a theater company. <laughs> I'm really bad. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm right. Making noise today. Has has a theater company um, that uses the word um, desultory, but he pronounces it desultory. Desultry. Because it sounds good, but it's actually, it's desultry, yeah. Damn desultry. Right. Desultry. Yeah. All right. Well, there you, there well, you go. Well, we Keith, learned me a thing. There you go, Keith Paul. You just got yourself a free, a free plug, not that I would have charged you. All right, should we do this shit real quick? Yeah. Oh, that sucked.
1: No, that was all right. Yeah. That was bad. I guess I, I had the subsequent pop. You though. did. <laughs> 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 all right. No oh, we We're, mouth we're, we're making mouth noises again? Great.
4: <laughs> no mouth noises. No mouth noises. <laughs> I yelled over them for all of you listeners that hate the mouth noises. You're welcome. <laughs> What's worse, yelling or mouth noises? <laughs>
3: Send us a tweet. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Send us a tweet. And Joe, how would they do that? They can find us at CouchCrouches on Twitter. It's too early for this. <laughs> yeah, so
1: we only got the one, the Twitter plug. Okay. Um, You can always... Slide into our Instagram DMs, and how would they do that, Joe?
4: They can find us on Instagram at Couch Crouches.
3: <laughs> I'm melting. If you want to come save me, just send me a message on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Couch <laughs> <laughs> It's a running gag.
4: And there's always the email, at gmail.com. There, <laughs> now we
3: got them all. No one asked you for that one, Joe. I just um, did it for you. So, um, yeah, Michael is here because he's hella interesting, if I do say so myself.
0: I'm glad someone thinks so. Yeah. Well, um, someone.
3: well, you know, you've done shit that I haven't done, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so I'm really excited. And, you know, I guess as I said, I've been friends with you now. I mean, it's 95. Yeah. 95, 97.
1: Actually, this is an important so, question that I yeah. know people are going to have because when
3: I. This is vehicle of some it's time. it's oh. a it's a it's a motorized conveyance of I some man it
1: was the end of the world no <laughs> i mean um, yeah but when i mentioned to uh to one of the directors of the vocal group i'm in who yeah. who plays dr i said hey, don't tell anyone but we got michael Pucci this week her response was oh my god how do you know michael Pucci?" so jim how do you know michael Pucci? Well, I thought we would get into the meat on this, but I'll go ahead and start it now. I met Michael Pucci
3: at um, a Vampire the Masquerade game uh, that, at that point, I was pl- I was playing, was I running it or playing it?
0: I have no idea. It's been so long yeah. ago, but you were there.
3: Yeah, I was there. Um, I was there. It was a Vampire the Masquerade game um, at um, <laughs> Central Connecticut State University mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, uh, a friend of mine, a couple, me and two friends started... Like really restarted their role playing game club, and that was the I actually ended up um conning the school out of giving us a budget, and we ended up buying a bunch of role playing game books that I still have um, upstairs <laughs> um, hey, it was twenty five years ago. the fucking statute's over, I think uh, anyway, um I don't know it's not really larceny when it's like fifty bucks, so
4: <laughs> I was just. Okay. <coughs> I was wondering why Pardon the name me. Pucci sounded familiar and not just because you said it. My mom's neighbors when she was the kid were the Pucci family. P- P-U-C-C-I? Yeah.
0: I mean, the name's everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a very, it's, a, it's a very common name. It's an Italian, it's like, it's an Italian yeah. name.
1: Yeah. Um, what a world you must have lived in. How old, how, how long ago the RPG books were 50 bucks? Oh, no, no, no. no the book wasn't 50 bucks. Oh, okay. I think
3: I got 50 bucks worth of books. I think the original Vampire the Masquerade hardcover was 19.99.
1: Well, no, that's what I was saying. Was now yeah. you get like the Dungeon Master's Guide for 50. Yeah, the PHB. If it's I on sale, dude, I just $50.
3: spent 60 bucks on fucking the Shadowrun book a yeah, week like before said, a week point. before I find out that they're releasing a new edition of Shadowrun. What a time to be alive, son of a bitch! Yeah. So I bought Fifth Ed Shadowrun six. That's coming out the, like the middle
1: of next year. Okay. Whatever, we'll we'll play 5th Ed.
3: No, i will never to find the new one because you know me. It's new and shiny and I have to have it. God damn it. I'm,
1: I'm your demo, dude. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I know I'm not. <laughs> I know I'm not. No. Well, that, of course, assumes we ever get done with the D&D game. We will. At the, some en- point. the end is written. Yeah, the, the been, end is written. Nigh. It's written. We All just got to do a bunch of really... Po- p- have you met our party? Listen, we're not we going did. fucking anywhere. We
4: did spend all of last game sort of The only around, reason we talking got out
1: of anything we were in is because I summon cosmic horror and everything turns out well. This is the thing in our game now, um, because
3: it's happened enough times, that if anybody in the group says Asmodius three times he just shows now up. Now it's not he, even I didn't three. I not even have to say it three now times. Hold on. No, 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 no. If any of you say Asmodeus three times, he shows up. If he... There I did it. If this dude says Asmodeus once, I know, it's a, it's an audio medium. I'm pointing at Gonzo. If this dude says Asmodeus once, Asmodeus shows yeah. up.
1: I don't even think I really said it that time. I think I just found him on the list and pointed to his name. And no,
3: at, I'm pretty sure you said Asmodeus. At this point,
4: it's the reaction of the party now. It used to be like, everybody on your guard, it's the devil, and now it's just like, God, fucking damn it, the devil's back again. Did you and at least
0: bring something to share with the class <laughs> this time? I mean, any li- wailing souls of the damned?
3: I mean, he, and he literally shows up because he just love. Because now, because they're like at like 17th level, they have phenomenal cosmic power. 17? Like, I got up my character. Are you guys like 13? Yeah, yeah. Or like 13, 14, yeah, 14. So they're the equivalent <laughs> of like 17th level because they're level adjusted yeah. ridiculousness. Um, Is that
0: some sort of Thacko I don't understand?
3: No, it's not even. It's fucking fifth gen <laughs> bullshit. I've just given them a lot of magic weapons and racial modifiers. Mm. Thacko, you understand that? Yeah, Shut I do. Shut
0: the fuck up. It's anyway, going
3: to be my tattoo. So I understand Thacko. I understand <laughs> Thacko. I mean, I've seen that t-shirt, Thaco, know your roots. I endorse, I endorse that. But yes, so you can tell your friend that Michael and I used to role play together. Okay. We played vampire together and then we, you know, Michael ran a changeling game that I played for a long time. I think we I think you played my sabbat game that I ran yep. at Central. I mean
0: there was a werewolf game. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah there was a bunch of different games
3: there was a yeah there was I think UConn had a game at Central because it was a cam game yeah that that was my first cam game yeah I
1: I figured that'd be a question for a little bit of the less meaty segment just to get it out 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 well there you go Michael and
3: I are two guys that have been RPing together for a really long time 95 or 96
0: 95 it was it was uh, my junior year of high school yeah because that's also when I started uh, storytelling LARPs
3: there you go Yep. There you go. Jesus, a long
0: time ago. Yep.
3: That was my junior year of life. <laughs> yeah,
4: so
0: I was two years you know, so old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of players now who are like I have younger get, than yeah. the number of years that I've been running games. Yeah, so.
3: I have to get over that. Like That's happened to me too. I think it's cool as hell. No, no. I, well, yeah, I may do. I especially love picking on my wife about it because, you know, she's like, I don't care, except I care. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> At this point, I'm over it. <laughs> no, I do. I love the fact that. You know, I at the LARP I play at right now. I've said this before. I run the inn at the LARP I play, and the average age of my LARP staff is like nineteen. And it's only nineteen because one of my kids is like twenty-one. And he blows the bell curve for the rest of them. It's it's really kind of funny. So now that we've gotten that shit yeah. out of the way. Joe, how's yeah. your week been?
4: It was pretty good. I went and I got to see uh, Detective Pikachu the other day. It's a very enjoyable film. Did if you, know? you are a uh, if you're a fan of the uh, Pokemon uh, line of story and game and things, you'll enjoy it. The I only don't think Joe had a clear end to that no, uh, I didn't. string of words. Um, the only, I really like the realistic designs that they gave the Pokemon because they did, but they still looked like the Pokemon. Right, exactly. They kept the same sort of. They didn't try to make Pikachu look like a mouse. They just made him look like a fuzzy Pikachu. Um, the only one I didn't really like is Gyarados because Gyarados looks like a fat fuck <laughs> and not a cool flying dragon. Um, he just has a really fucking big head that goes down to this really like thin, tiny tail. And I was just like, Gyarados, why do you look like a sumo wrestling Gyarados? It's, <laughs> but it's a fun movie. It's really, it's, you know. How was Ryan Reynolds? He's good. Yeah. He's, a. Uh, I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, I only see Deadpool now. And it's like, Ryan Reynolds did a lot more than deadpool. Yeah, did he was the a green lot of lantern. good stuff that wasn't deadpool. I
3: still refer to Ryan Reynolds regularly as Van Wilder. Yeah. I mean, when I That's because you you're old. Yes. Yes, and that is the theme. Yeah. The fact is, how old are you? 26. You're 26, so you're like, you know, like, I'm old enough to be your teenage father. How old are you? 29. Listen, so I'm old enough Van to be Wilder. your very young teenage father, but
4: I I remember Van Wilder. I jerked off to a few of those scenes. Ain't <laughs> with that. Classic them. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. How, with, not with toothpaste. How though. you doing, oh. Rimble? Oh. only did that the one time. How you, you doing, Rimble
1: Timberley?
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead. Rimble Timberley
4: came back. I've been hiding under Joe's bed all week, waiting to come back here.
3: So we have had uh, just the oh, amount of so response... Hilarious. On social media that we've had about, like, I've got, now, and again, there are some things that we're not going to talk about until mail, because there's a lot of questions on it, including <laughs> including Game of Thrones, um, but there there's some rimble-timbly shit <laughs> out there. I'll
4: answer any question you have, as long as it's not, what's your crime, rimble-timbly? Because I'll
1: never tell. Wink. <sighs> so, so I texted Joe, um... When was that Monday? Yeah, mm-hmm. I texted Joe Monday and I'm driving, so I'm using the uh, the Android Auto. It's plugged in everything. And right, I right. hold down the button and I say, Text Rimble Timbley. It goes, <laughs> Okay, texting Rimble Timbley. It pronounced Rimble Timbley correctly. <laughs> it's, and I'm really, spelled, really it about. Well, well, it's fairly phonetically spelled. Yeah. I mean, I Uh-oh. expected it to get to uh, blah, blah, words. I expected it to get hung up on the Timbley because on of the, the weird why. Yeah. The t- the I expected, yeah. like, texting Rimble Timbley. Yeah, I could see that. No, she pronounced it properly. So, yes. And um, then when he responded back, it was Rimble Timbley says. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, just <laughs> I would say a
3: thousand percent more response than I expected. We get Rimble Timbley
1: fan that. fiction. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Listen, if you have
3: Rimble Timberley fan fiction, do not send it to us. You could send it to send us. Send it
4: directly to
3: me. I, I just don't want <laughs> I it. I want to read it. I don't want it directly connected to what we're doing here. Because <laughs> I, wanna... I feel like I feel like somebody's going to end up on like a, a registry of some sort. I just feel like...
4: Listen, if you're going to write Rimble Timberley fan fiction, I just ask that... Everyone involved in said fan fiction is at
1: least the age of consent, and you're totally not allowed to like and make sure, canon in your own. Make sure everybody
4: crime. is consensual, and you never, ever, ever talk about what crime Rimble Timbley committed.
3: I believe I will say though, in in one of our things, <laughs> it wasn't a letter; it was just a message. I believe, um, <clears throat> our friend of the sh- new friend of the show, but listener Scarlet. Um said that it was uh, shoplifting. I'll never tell. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, I believe she said it was shop. She li- she liked the idea that sh- she did a wanted poster for Rimble Timbly. <laughs> yes. yeah, I am going to see if I can find it. But yeah, she did
1: she did a want wanted poster for Rimble Timbley and I was just like, That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, it's me, Gonzo derailing this podcast since two thousand. Yeah, so well, did why did why should today be different than the other day, there?
3: Michael? Yeah.
4: Friend of the show, Adrian, uh, his girlfriend Emma, is running a D and D game, and they wanted me to show up with a character. So I made a fae packed warlock gnome <laughs> named Rimble Timbley, who definitely has a weird handlebar mustache. And <laughs> has I just the background envisioned of like criminal. an
3: oversized like pilgrim style yeah. hat for him.
1: Hey everybody! I don't. What was that? That's
3: me going into Facebook evidently looking for fucking messages. (laughs) Oh, we are Uh, a pro outfit. Rimble Timbley
4: can be who you want Rimble Timbley to be as long as it is a person who has sex with people consensually and of the age of consent.
1: And you don't talk about his crime. And you
4: never, ever, ever discuss the crime he committed. (laughs) You feel better now, Joe? I just want to put it out there. I want to make sure everybody knows Rimble Timley is not a pedophile. He just, you know, <laughs>
3: is a former felon.
1: For what, Joe? Doesn't he run a LARP for I'll like 14-year-olds exclusively? See, that's the joke. Year he, run, he runs a LARP for
3: 13-year-olds, thus becomes the uncomfortable part. But Michael, he, he, He's giving
1: back to the community. But you heard it here first. He was not arrested for pedophilia. Michael
3: Pucci, are you overwhelmed already by all of this? No, not at all. Not even slightly. I didn't think you'd be shaking. <laughs> oh, boy. I love my friends. Oh, here we go. All right, here we go. Here's a... <laughs> that yes. Is, that's what we're Yes, that's looks very... Like. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, here's what she that. wrote. She wrote... And this is from our friend Scarlett Blake. She said, a 42-year-old convicted felon, Rimble Timbley, wanted by police for shoplifting vast amounts of salt, lewd <laughs> conduct while running an underage LARP and luring children with candy into a van. The suspect was last seen loitering outside of a Chuck E. Cheese and is believed to be armed with a foam sword. It is, it is very important
4: that you remember that Rimble Timbley's favorite food is salt.
3: I mean,
0: that's why you get into LARP, right? <laughs> it's for the uh, salt. It's for the salt. <laughs> but you see,
1: that, that's not saying that his crime was the theft of the salt. That's just saying that he's wanted now, yes, because he's an ex-convicted felon. Oh, that's a good point.
4: He that's broke good. parole for the salt.
1: Yeah, it, that totally. If you ever like, that fits in. If the you're ever Rimmel out Timbly hunting cabin.
4: in the woods and you put a salt lick out for the deer, and you just see a strange man with a handlebar mustache and a mullet licking the salt lick. You know you've spotted Rimble Timble. It's a
1: rare Rimble Timberley sighting. <laughs> it's like a Sasquatch. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But uh,
3: worse. <laughs> and this is why we don't stick to too, too big of a format, because comedy gold happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rimble Timberley was... I, you didn't plan Rimble Timberley. No. I, well, I was thinking in the car, like,
4: what if I came in and introduced myself as somebody who wasn't just Joe? And then I was like, what would I introduce myself as? And I said, Rimble Timbley. <laughs> and then I just came up with the rest of it
1: on the spot. That's improv. <laughs> uh, good news, we are still recording. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, that's why I want to kind of
3: get this I, as far away from I as I haven't possible. even
1: asked. Oh, until it falls on the keyboard, hitting no, the space fine. bar. Shut up. Stopping everything. I'll calling it now. My
3: favorite thing is
4: that the listeners always know that it's still <laughs> recording because they're listening to it. It's really just helpful for: me. Oh, it's
1: always a surprise. How many times did we do it last week? Like twice. Yeah. yeah. They oh. got to miss you smacking the mic stand during our, our initial take of the intro. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. Anyway... <laughs> Joe. Actually, no, we already talked to you. Yeah. Gonzo, do I even dare ask about your week?) <laughs> So you remember how last week I joked about, I want to have a mental breakdown, but I just don't have the time? Did you find time this week? Turns out Friday through Monday was plenty of time. And how
3: did your mental breakdown go for you?
1: Oh, it was a bad one. Oh, yeah? It was Mm. a real bad one this time. But it's fine. I'm on my way back out. And uh, I bought... Two new swords yesterday because a little, little retail therapy. Oh yeah, it was it was a two sword depression.
3: Hi, because I'm I'm Gonzo, and I only say this because I'm Jim. Hi, I'm Gonzo. There's, there's 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 absolutely no manic episode happening right at all. Not at all. No, my 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 unreasonable buying habits that make me happy have
1: nothing to do with that. And like I said, that deal is going on on Amazon for another five hours. So after this podcast I might buy another 3D printer. So do we want to take odds now that he buys that or do we want to take no, odds that he doesn't buy no, that? No cuz then I might
3: just
4: do yeah, whatever to spite yeah.
3: you. I think it's a good idea. I'm, I'm just, just going
4: to wait. It. I'm going to wait and I'm
1: going to see. I like this Michael Burchi. He's supporting me <laughs> in, when Gonzo in my gets purchases.
4: home. I'm going to wait for a text and his text is either going to say I got the 3D printer, or I didn't get the 3D printer.
1: No, I wouldn't text you no. that. I would just show up to the next game with a far better Mingus the Destroyer Mini. This is, or, or I could see this happening as well. Or
3: in full 3D printed armor.
1: Oh, God, no. I don't have <laughs> two years to waste on that. I or, watched a video of a dude 3D printing chainmail, and it took him three months t- just in print time alone to get enough printed to make a shirt. I watched a guy. And make how the a hell would knife you. Knife d- out of milk. Okay. Oh, I've seen that one. I've seen that one.
3: How the hell would you 3D print a chainmail shirt? Because it really wouldn't no, so be a chainmail shirt. you 3D shirt. print the sheets. It would be a, sh-
1: a shirt with a bunch of holes in it. You 3D print the sheets, and then you stitch them together using other links.
3: How deep into 3D printing did, did some of your operations go? Because I know you, you know. I started it. Yeah.
0: We, we went a little bit into it for, like, prototypes and stuff like yeah. that, but. In the end, it ended up being a really cool hobby piece that sits in my office. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I use it for doing, like, meteors for, like, Star Wars minis. That's
3: you know about it. You want to know what a um, 3D printer isn't any good for, though, Mike? Mm. Making you a goddamn lightsaber? Give me my fucking
1: lightsaber. I could make a crystal. I don't, listen, I just want my lightsaber, man. You, so I know. you built me
3: a goddamn lightsaber five years ago. Give me
1: time. I need more time. No, you don't.
3: Now you got to get one from the new Star Wars experience. It's not, it's not oh. perfect yet. Okay, so I have to say, I'll and I've said this in the show, but again, you'll appreciate this. Um, so I was talking to my my good friend. I was talking to Josh Tanner, mm-hmm.
1: and I was like, "That's his friend of the show, Josh, yes. not mine or Joe's."
3: And I'm like, "I'm bummed." I said, "You know, this whole thing is awesome with the baby and everything. I'm really psyched about that." I said, "But you do kind of think about some of the things that you're going to miss." He's like, "Well, what are you going to miss?" I said, I'm going to miss the opening of Galaxy's Edge. I'm going to miss going to Galaxy's Edge at fucking, in fucking Florida. And he's like, yeah, dude, you're not going to get to go to Galaxy's Edge. You're going to get to take your son to Galaxy's Edge. I'm like, oh, my God, you're fucking right. Yeah. Because that's going to make it even better. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. Gotta be Dress him up. him up like a little Ewok. It'll be the best. I've already decided on what his what his Halloween costume is this year. I'm going to be Fat Luke Skywalker. And he's gonna be fucking yoga. <laughs> I will also Dude. say that next year, I think we're gonna do a con. Ah, and shit. So I guess we're gonna have do a lightsaber. We're, huh? we're gonna do a con and we're gonna be Master Blaster. It's <laughs> nice. yes. just fucking happening. Nice. That's, that's fucking how, happening. That's how you do. See, but if you dress him don't... up
4: as an Ewok, you could dress yourself up as like a stormtrooper and just have him with a rock and bash you on the head all the <laughs> I think what I would
3: really wanna do if, is if he was an Ewok, I'd wanna dress up an, as an ATST. <laughs> yeah. I'm that kind of level. I'm a nerd, um, but yeah, no, I definitely I, I want to do at least one con with it, with as Master Blaster, which I'm back I'm back to shedding pounds again, which is good because I don't need to be jacked to be Master Blaster, but I need to be able to fit in, into the leather
1: straps. So as great as the uh, sixty pounds of armor I'm currently wearing, listen, well, so that's between you and your god, man. That helps.
3: I mean, yeah, plate mail sucks. Yeah, but it looks cool. I've fought Mm -hmm. in it a million times, and the only good thing about plate mail is how good it looks. It looks cool. And if you're fucking fighting with rattan, plate mail is a big help, because that shit hurts anyway.
1: And the cooling vest does, in fact, work. Oh, I'm excited. Which is great, because I made the dumb choice of... He got, like, one of those water... Those Good. water cooling yeah. vest you're going to die in I, it, it never and cuz he's doing it at the, at the ren fair I made so it's yeah, out It choice of never making me. and it's
4: always fucking hot oh yeah, yeah. Well, cuz yeah. like the
1: my runs. entire character concept was what if i just wore all of this goddamn armor all day and it was a great idea until i realized i'm going to be wearing this goddamn armor all day i'm going to die you're water cooled like a late 90s pc <laughs> <laughs> I think they still do that, actually. Yeah, they do. Do they? I don't know. I haven't. I'm pretty built...
4: sure they do a water cooling systems. I
1: haven't. I haven't
3: built. Okay, first of all, I haven't built a PC in, in way too many years. Um, but I haven't had a. a ta- I haven't had a desktop in I don't know how fucking long. So I wouldn't know anything about that. Michael, when I built my very first PC, it was a very long time ago how long of a time ago ago was it i was so excited because my hard drive was a whole goddamn gig <laughs> i was never going to f- you never going to fill that what the fuck do you fill that
1: with i never. just deleted like five of those earlier cuz my hard drive was filling up I,
3: no no yes but this is also before you did th- you do things like media <laughs> like mm. there was you know you had like shit that's a whole lot of uh that's a whole lot of Leisure Suit Larry you can play. Not quite that. It wasn't quite that old, but I mean, you know, it was a gig. It was it it was gig, and it had a zip drive. Oh, like yeah, the, ooh, first, the first that, time hit that gig, gonna last. It was
0: just like, wow, we have hit the future. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're there never
3: now. gonna fill this much. Yeah. So.
0: Meanwhile, I have almost a terabyte of just music. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like
3: I've I've got I've got I've got, I've got a couple of volts behind this son of a bitch. But so if, yeah. if
1: it's only one gigabyte, how are you gonna store your four K bukaki porn?
3: Okay, so Biew I'll take... Ta- so ta- <laughs> it's not meat cake. I remember... I know that that one's not pronounced <laughs> so, that way. I'm going to go back even further. I remember the first pornographic image I ever saw on a computer.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, totally to get on.
1: Great, great episode to welcome all the new listeners to, by the way. <laughs> I
3: saw it I'm on... I'm helping. I saw it on my friend's Prodigy account.
4: <laughs> nice.
3: On his Apple, on his on his Mac... And it was, like, the first or second full-color Mac. Um, This had to have been, like, 93, 92? And you had
0: to print it. You had to print it. First time you download a single image from a BBS, and you're just like, I'm going to set the phone tied up for the next, like, three days.
3: (laughs) I hope no one tries calling. Well, and, of course, he was... He was wealthy. He had his own phone. His parents wow. gave him his own phone line. I don't think he ever made a fucking phone call on that. It was all just like, mm. and we were like a t- couple fucking kids in weird goddamn science. It
1: was just, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Okay. That's a hell of an intro. Yeah. Good intro. Um, I mean, it's weird numbers this time. It's oh, not d- telling me what it is. Oh, I no, do don't t- mess with <laughs>
4: it. That's See why what I happens? S- that's why
1: I said don't mess with it. As I'm saying, don't <laughs> mess with it. You mess with it, and it stops it's recording. It's going to be the
4: best cut ever. <laughs> <Where> it's <laughs> just, don't mess with I told you to do this. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I might put some fun in there.
1: Like I said, no. A crashing it's, noise. It's and Something, emotions. yeah. It's a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's totally fine. I was just about to say, I mean, honestly, say, we could just fun. <laughs> Yeah, but you're doing it now, so that'll be ridiculous. I know, that's
3: why we're not going to do it, but it's...
1: I mean, we're at 799-somethings. Uh, we're, we're at uh, I don't, 800
3: beats okay. or 800 bars.
1: Oh, all right. Uh, and we're at 120 BPM, so that's some number that I'm not going to figure out right now. No, don't. <laughs> You're gonna do it again. I'm not. I do don't think know how ever you did called it last Bill time. Bill Smith. Is it still recording? Yes. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Just like the image froze. So, oh, it's 26 minutes. Wait, Bill Smith is isn't it like like the AA guy?
4: Do you think anyone ever called Will Smith oh. Bill Smith?
1: Bill Smith. I don't know. William Smith. Billy yeah. S. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I hate you both. Why didn't you give that one to me later? I or save it for the end. You could have been the cool non sequitur. How come guy. he was never William Wonka? Oh, he was if you watch the really bad Johnny Depp one. Was he? I'm pretty sure uh I haven't seen I'm pretty that sure Count since... Dooku calls him William.
4: I haven't seen that movie since it was in theaters. I just want to see the Childish Gambino version
3: with the prequel where he goes There's to a go Childish Gambino him. version of Willy Wonka. They're
4: making a ver- it's a prequel to Willy Wonka where he meets the Oompa Loompas and Willy Wonka is played by Childish Gambino. Isn't that already huh? one
3: of them books. I need that in my life. Or at least that was a rumor like six I'm a Donald ago. Glover fan. Yeah, I love that fan. fucking dude. I love childish Gambino, Calaresian, like he, he, childish
1: Lambino, childish Lambino. Yep, that's fine. Oh, Dino it. Spumoni, <laughs> I just can't even fucking deal no. with it. <laughs> Nickelodeon's already gonna hit us for our Doug theme song. Oh yeah, we're fucked. Yeah, you're gonna bring up Dino fucking Spumoni. That's <laughs> a little louder this time.
3: No! There we go. Um, news, news. news. Uh, so I don't know if you heard me telling Joe this. Um, I did not. I was work. So I, I grabbed the recording. And I started working on an actual musical thing, oh, of the I theme did song. You say this. And I fried, I fried the clip. So I'm eventually going to have to have Joe do a new one.
1: Oh, oh You lost the entire clip of the. No, it's
3: gone. I could, oh. I could grab it from somewhere, but I'm not going to take that long. Go ahead, Joe. Ba, ba, da,
4: ba, da. Time for the
3: news. Joe, go first. Okay. Uh, so my
4: first article is um, Kevin Feige has announced that the quote, real Mandarin, will show up at some point
3: in the MCU. As long as he's not a ridiculous racist trope, sure, why not? So they're
4: saying, uh, what's the name of the movie? There's um, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, yeah. They're saying that he says that it's a definite possibility that the real Mandarin and the Ten Rings might be the main villains in the Shang-Chi movie. Okay, sure, Um, sure. Which I think would be cool, but like... We haven't heard about it since what was that? All hail the king. Is that the short? That, that is the short with Shang Chi. yeah. Shang-Chi,
3: yeah. Um, um, so, oh, not with Shang Chi with, with the Mandarin. The, sorry. Yeah. See, I'm not Shang Chi. I like Tilda Swinton. <laughs> yeah, but she's not. Gonna, they're, they're not going to do. They're not going to do any Doctor Strange stuff with Shang Chi. I he's the, he's I the master of kung fu. I wasn't even yeah. talking about. Oh, okay. that. I was just. Isn't was Shang thinking
4: Chi about... basically just like what if Bruce Lee was a superhero? Yes. See, I was thinking about yes.
1: the Mandarin not being a racist stereotype, and that took me to the ancient one, which took me to Tilda Swinton. Okay, that was the which train takes of me to
3: Bruce Lee, which then takes me to uh, Kevin Bacon. Gr- Bacon. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the greatest hero of Earth, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. So that's it. That's your that's your That's, that's it, my it, that's it. my
4: first piece of news, yes. It's God, I damn. mean so I mean I'm I thought the twist in Iron Man three was good, but I am kind of I'm interested to see what they do with the Ten Rings and with the Mandarin and the MCU as like a proper introduction for the character. I know that you're not a big fan, basically, because he is just a racist stereotype, and you you didn't see the hate for
3: <sighs> the Iron Man 3. No, I, I I did see the hate for I didn't understand yeah, the hate, because I think what they did with the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 was fucking genius. Um, and it was th- a good
4: twist, for sure. I um, definitely
3: didn't see it coming. I, I think it... You know, when you can throw people for a loop, you know, and not a, not a twist for the sake of a twist, right. but, like, you know, you're doing some... You know, um, and if you know um, Shane Black's films, Mm -hmm. that's absolutely in no way, shape, or form surprising, right? So, um, yeah, that's just the type of you know goofy bullshit that he that he writes. So, um, I love and and of course you know fucking just the perform Ben Kingsley just Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I love seeing these like ridiculously serious actors in movies like these Yeah. yeah I mean shit son.
4: They fucking. Um, well, that's uh, who is in? I mean, De- fucking Bill fa- Nye is in Detective Pikachu, and hearing Bill Nye say words like Mewtwo and
3: Flareon, yeah, but, just he, like, but but Bill Nye's been in some really goofy shit movies.
1: I could. Segue
3: Bill Nye's on that. one of those guys. Yeah. Bill Nye's one of those guys. that's like, what? Oh, I, I got two weeks off. Oh yeah, I'll take a job. Yeah, of course. Ben Kingsley's the same thing. Right, ben yeah. Kingsley's been in some garbage fucking movies, but Bill Nye, you know. You know, I, I, you know, I I learned a lot of great Bill Nye, uh, uh, Bill Nye roles. But my favorite one, and I'm because I'm a fucking you know, fifteen year old girl. I'll still all love him from fucking Love Actually. He's hysterical in that fucking. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, he's hysterical in that movie. Speaking of Bill Nye,
1: Nye oh, you got something? You got, do, I, oh, the the the, re, the other Bill Nye. What? Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah, we're talking about different Bill Nye, but yes, this is good. I'm talking about Bill Nye the Science Guy. Do it. Yeah, talk about him. Yeah, so um, oh no, it's not as good a segue anymore. But fuck it, whatever. I'm still here. Is this um, about the time he said fuck? No, I huh. love it when he does though. He says Hall, fuck all the yeah. time. So, yeah, he does. He's... So be, being that he is the president of the Planetary Society, I think, I think he's the president. He's something to, to mm-hmm. do with it. They have just announced that on the twenty second of June, twenty nineteen, aboard a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket, they're gonna launch the Light Sail Two. Which, they launched the prototype just to sort of demonstrate its deployment scheme Mm -hmm. um, last year, I think. Um, But this is going to actually be carrying a solar sail. Mm. It's being launched. It's going to deploy this boxing ring-sized solar sail made out of mylar. And over the couple months, it's going to attempt to demonstrate that it can, in fact, raise its orbit using this. Oh. So. That's pretty cool. You know, I'm like... The part of my brain that ri- read all that old science fiction and everything, mm-hmm. and the part of my brain that read the old science fiction and wasn't fixated on the uh, multiple partner relationships in old science fiction, <laughs> because that's a lot of is in there, um, is just really excited about Solar Sail. Like it's Count Dooku. Be, there's a new kind of, yeah. There's a new Young Count Dooku book out or coming yeah. out. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah. But. Uh, oh, Planetary C- Society CEO Bill mm. Nye. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's it's been going a, a, around the, the space news lately. Um, after months of delays, 11 pound spacecraft propelled by the power of sunlight, shoebox sized satellite called Light Sail Two. So, the power of the I'm gonna look forward to that, especially because night. I really love Falcon Heavy launches. They are dope.
3: Um, I will jump in with something far less important, but something that far more people will have an uninformed opinion on. Um, It looks like, now I want everyone to take this with a grain of salt, but it looks like Batman Uh will be played by Robert Pattinson. (laughs) Because he's a vampire. Hmm. They're saying that Robert Pattinson is most like, and, and this is this is literally this is out of Hollywood Reporter. Okay, um, is likely to be the
1: next Batman. I like him as Cedric Diggory. I don't so gotta yeah, let him do I this. I don't. I don't.
4: Just because I didn't like the Twilight movies, I don't think it was Robert Pattinson's acting performance that was the real issue there. And I because oh, I've, I've seen Robert he Pattinson. I've seen Robert Pattinson in other things.
1: He took a lot of yeah. money though. Yeah. I, I've there seen him in other ve-
3: things and he's not like a bad actor. There are very few acting performances that I've watched that someone has had so much disdain for the work that they're yeah. doing. And every now and then you you see that and it's actually really, it makes it really entertaining. This was not one of those examples. However, so here's a great example. You want to watch a movie that turns out to be a fun performance, but the Space person. Pirates. ice pirate. Ice pirate. No, <laughs> not, that's what I meant okay. to say. Um. I always call it Space Pirates. Watch too. The Italian Job and watch Edward Norton in The Italian Job. He was so miserable because he oh, he, he, he had to finish his contract. They right. made him do that movie. He had such disdain for everything that he was doing. He was fucking perfect for the role. Um, there's nothing wrong with that movie. That, you know, that movie's was not Mark Curing. Wahlberg in that movie? Yeah, and Marky Mark was there and Charlize Theron is in that movie mm-hmm. and you know what? That, that That's fine. Um,
1: yeah, but that movie's not trying to cure I cancer. I think Mark Wahlberg with Mark Ruffalo. I think I you watched that movie. You should do neither. It's just I always, when I hear my Mark. Mark Wahlberg, I Mark think Wal- Mark
3: Ruffalo. Well, you shouldn't because Mark Ruffalo is a highly acclaimed, excellent actor yeah, that I know. happened to play the Hulk. And then Mark Wahlberg's, what? No. What? No. Like It's just... Say hello to your mother for me. Say hello to your mother for me.
1: Like I, I know the difference. It's just yeah. every time I hear the name, my mind immediately jumps to the wrong mark. It's okay to this
3: day, and I don't understand why my brain wants to mix up Jeff Bridges with Kurt Russell. I don't know why, but it does. And it's not that I—it's not that I mean to say Jeff Bridges and I say Kurt Russell, but it's like I'm—it's like oh, yeah, Kurt Russell was in that movie. No asshole, who... Jeff Bridges was.
4: I always mix up Patrick Swayze with somebody, and I can't remember who it is.
3: That's a goddamn travesty. It's somebody. Patrick who looks, Swayze was a goddamn national treasure.
4: It wasn't Kurt Russell. but It was somebody who looks like.
3: Kurt I mean, Russell. Kurt Russell. I mean, Slank Plissken had um, had mm-hmm. uh, Swayze hair. I mean, just before Swayze had Swayze yeah. hair. Yeah. All right. So yeah, just Batman's gonna fucking be. All right. Update. Update. And this is as
1: of. Sh-
3: what time is it now?
1: It is. So it's like It's like only a couple. Don't forget hours ago. about butternut crinkle fries. A
3: deadline report suggests that Pattinson has not yet officially been cast, but at the top of the short list to play the Cape Crusader, alongside Nicholas Holt, who just recently starred. Cage. N- recently starred in Tolkien. Stop giving Nicholas Holt work. Um, Give Nicholas Cage work. I'd see I'd watch Nicholas Cage. Hey, as I Batman brought him up at least once. Nicolas In pretty Cage, much anything. Alright, god damn, damn it, Gonzo. <laughs> you brought him up. Where the fucking is it? There you go. No, not
2: the
0: beast. I unironically love this movie. Do you really? Yeah. I've never I, seen it. Oh man. I, I think it is a beautiful throwback to like the original film. It's, I
3: love the original.
4: That movie is a trip and a half. Is it? Nicolas Cage's Wicker Man is a fucking
0: trip. I mean, it's not a good movie. It's not cinema, but it's a movie. No. Yeah, Ice
1: it's but it's enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Nicolas Cage... I liked Ice Pirates. The
0: weirder
4: I, Nicolas I, Cage's performances I, are, the more I enjoy watching them. Like, um, the what is it? Bad Lieutenant yeah. with him and Val Kilmer, where he's just like what's this fucking lizard? And he's just tapping this fucking iguana and Val Kilmer
3: goes, what are you, t- there's no lizard. What are you- this
4: fucking lizard. What is this fucking lizard?
3: So are we going to have to, de- like, w- like so we have a, Michael, we have a, um, uh, we have a regular segment. We do like a, a show every now and again defending a bad movie. hmm um, and we've defend, we've defended some horrible movies, or you've watched some horrible movies. I like Ice Pirates. I know you do. Um,
1: I liked Dracula
3: 3000. That movie's hysterical. Well, here's something for you in case you're wondering. If you haven't watched it in 20 years, Hudson Hawk doesn't hold up. No,
1: it doesn't. It, <laughs> it really... does
3: not hold up. It is almost unwatchable. Streets of Fire, though. Oh, that, that was good. That had fucking fun with That
1: dope. Wait, Jim, I have a brief segue news off of your Batman news. <series> it. This is uh, directly related to show news. So it turns out that I found my seven-page manifesto notes yes. on Batman versus Superman. I know. I found where I had saved it. I can re-record that episode any goddamn time. I don't think we'd ever get gigantic smalls to come back to do it. 7 That's our bonus episode is just Gonzo reading his. And that's seven pages in a 10-point font. You
3: know what I think we should do? Instead of actually having a show of that, seriously, bonus content, we sit you down with a bucket of ice, a glass, and a bottle of Angel's Envy, (laughs) sit back and just watch you slowly
1: self-destruct as you read that seven pages. (laughs)
4: Horses are terrorism. It's
1: actually actually really interesting following my thoughts. And I can see some of the notes where, as I got to a later part in the movie, I would scroll back and go, wait, no, this thing.
4: That movie's not good.
1: No." No. Did you see that movie? Which one?
4: Batman v Superman? No. It mean, doesn't count as my second news. Don't. Yeah. I have more space. You have a news.
1: second news. Incidentally, I totally forgot that I did. Joe, do I you do. have a second? news? I do have
4: second news. This is also. You do that. I'll install thing. Dropbox, um, and then maybe
1: I can get a snippet of my manifesto. So
4: the uh, fuck me. The quote-unquote Steam competitor, um, Epic Games uh, Store, uh,
3: is not 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 GOG,
1: not GOG. No. GOG's fun. I use Geo-G. Not whatever the fuck EA's thing is. No, I forget no. the so there's, name of. There's a, service,
4: there's a service called Epic Game Store. Okay. Um, and they are they launched fairly recently, and they're having a mega sale that's taking place where any game that's 14.99 or more, they're taking $10 off of already discount prices, I guess. And a few um, game companies saw this, and are now pulling their games off of Epic Store, so they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. It's for now. It's only a couple of games. Um,
3: the biggest one is Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two, got pulled off their store. Of course I miss, it did. I miss... That movie was uh, that 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 game was under was was fifteen dollars.
1: It was not so it yet. was
4: anything that was fifteen dollars or more
3: because
1: that game's not out yet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, there was the anything one. that was more the than $15 making, they were that I talked $10 about. Off. Yeah,
4: we, we
3: yeah. Michael and I were having a conversation and, about and I'm hyped before. for that. But that was yeah.
1: It does look good. Bloodlines I, I is be the be best on, Vampire: The Masquerade video game. I got to be honest, I have never played Bloodlines.
3: Yeah. You now we've talked about I, I it again never so, played so it, five more it people are going to reinstall good. It. Yeah. Huh? It was actually objectively good. I mean, I will, not that I was like yeah, you weren't boycotting it. It wasn't but. boycotting it. I just never got around to fucking playing it. They got it a bunch
1: of mods that, make, that up the graphics and model quality, too. You can't play Giovanni. <laughs> there are mods to do that. I
3: want to play Giovanni. I want to steal souls.
1: You're that player. In fact, I feel I just like wanna, they're all hosted on Nexus as well. Can I play Sombra at least?
3: I want, these, no, th- I want to play a little. There's mods for these. There's mods. No, I want to play as I want to go into fucking. Game come you know out? what? I, when when it comes uh, when something um, happens, I want to go Schlakda and just start fucking killing things. But no, they won't let me do that because I gonna, actually have to play a story. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm, all, I, I'm not you. one of those. It's just funny to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so you, you that was your news. That's my news. Uh, so that's Gonzo's turn. What's your second piece of news? Or did you uh, already read a, it?
1: I didn't already read it. I read the the first one. Um... I was trying to find a Giovanni mod for you.
3: <laughs> don't worry about it. I haven't. I would have to play the game for, through first the first time. I don't want, I don't like to mod a game until I've played it all the way through.
1: So first off, um, I'm gonna say that I haven't read all the way through this article, and I'm paraphrasing something that I saw summed up somewhere first. Um, but they both relate to the same thing, which is the uh, so the new... Fox standard, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But so it's the new. Um, the, the new lunar missions that we're talking about. Yeah. The manned um, lunar yeah, missions yeah, 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 and yeah. everything else that's going on. So they gave it a name, finally. I don't know if you've heard. No. This will be called the Artemis program. Okay. After the uh, lunar deity Artemis. Mm-hmm. Yes. The goddess of the hunt. And especially because... Twin of apparently Apollo. Apparently, this is supposed to be the... She is the twin
3: of Apollo, right? Yeah. Yes. yes, okay. let make sure I got my Greek Wait, history done. To... Um, no, Athena's... no. No,
1: because no, Apollo.
4: Apollo's uh, god it, of the Apollo
3: sun. Do? No, yeah, Apollo's god of light. Uh, yeah, yeah. got a. Yeah, but he pulled the sun on the chariot. No, that no, that was Helios. Keep talking, Gonzo. No, I'll look no, it up.
1: No, uh, Artemis is the one who sent the scorpion to kill um, Orion because he was hunting.
3: Okay. Yeah, I, I mean Artemis is the goddess of the hunt. I'm trying to think of the whole twin thing. God so damn. So anyway. Uh,
1: uh, yes, Sister, Hi, God, uh, Sister of the God Apollo, yes. Yeah, you kiss my ass. I see that right here. It's actually <laughs> the next line here. But apparently, um, it's in honor because of the fact that this will be the first time in history that a woman astronaut walks on the surface of the moon. That's news to me. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. Um I didn't know, I know anything that. about that. I could read up on the, the uh, goals of the mission. But the other thing, and this is the one that I'm sort of paraphrasing, was I believe that... Um, the, the Cheeto-in-Chief actually approved. Now, it has to be passed by Congress and everything, but a $1.6 billion budget increase for NASA, which is...
3: Which goes along with his two with the with initial $2 billion that he wants to put
1: aside for Space Force. Well, listen, NASA's already funneling money
3: into that.
0: It's right, going to be a thing. If almost any other president in history has said, we're starting Space Force, I'm in. Yeah. But the Cheeto-in-Chief had to fuck it up.
3: But it's just that. Did you hear um, today? Uh, it was yesterday that um, what the fuck's is uh, the 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 serial killer who's a, who's a who's a senator? Um, Ted um, Cruz. T- yeah. Ted Cruz was talking about like we need to have we need to have space force because of space pirates. It's happened, Michael. It's happened.
0: I can put that on my resume.
3: <laughs> Michael. I, I I, I I think our career into our fifties has been determined. Space pirate. Space am, pirate. Am I young enough to be a space pirate? Well, we're not we're not we're we're not young enough to be space force members. I'm so to, now
1: we have to be pirates. Exa- I'm trying to think of what the hell know? they're thinking a space pirate's gonna be though. What what is this space, space piracy pirate, that we
4: have to like regular pirate but space? I mean the <laughs> you thing steal is
1: space, it's like spreading. Look well, at like, me.
4: Like, look at me captain, the the People
1: know. do, in fact, hijack satellites. This is a thing. Let me ask you something. If, if but after you
3: had said that, I started doing this, oh, that would be racist. That's racist be and loud. loud. That's that, that racist. That racist and loud. Yes. <laughs> oh. Even if it was Christmas. Hold on. He, he, I, I, there's there. too. There's too many jingles on this. The joke's already nope. over. What One, the hell? One, two, three, and.
1: Oh man, I was close. I like the one with the birds anyway, but um, <laughs> it's just that uh, the 1.6 billion yeah. it represents one of the largest requested budget increases from a uh, president. So, but you know, and it's it does still have to go to Congress and everything. And again, People we don't get attached pet projects. We don't
3: but. get too political here, but I do want to say,
0: fuck
1: Alabama. Well, why the mm-hmm. fuck do you invite me? Yeah,
3: uh, you know, the Republican Party is the party of. Fiscal responsibility.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, my article Don't is do Don't you that, shit on my space news. I like space, um, and I'm excited to see us go back to the moon. My article is uh, actually from yesterday. Well, um, since I wasn't born yet, I'm excited to see us go to the moon in general. I wasn't born yet either.
3: Um, Bill Murray is uh, planning on appearing in Jason Reitman's new Ghostbusters sequel. Yeah, nice. I think I think I saw something about yeah. that too. Yeah. But you know, the fact that he's actually spoken on it, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. So, um, yeah, no, that's. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see that. Um, I feel like, I feel like people. Bill
4: is the one of that. Like Dan Aykroyd kind of went nuts and did his whole crystal mm. vodka thing. There it is. <laughs> Yeah. Crystal Skull Vodka. Hey, it's
1: filtered because ethylene glycol and and glycerins, and those are in antifreeze. Yeah. Have you seen his promo videos? I have seen his promo videos. You you watched the job, (laughs) didn't you? (laughs) Um, Listen, dude, all I have to say is Bill
3: uh, Dan Aykroyd, as crazy as he is, whenever I see him on a screen, just him selling something or like doing something... I hearken back and you gotta bass-o-matic. go deep for this to thinking of the goddamn bassomatic 2000 which is the first episode of Saturn Live where he's putting goddamn fish into a, a fucking blender. blender. It's just it's and the look on his face it's so goddamn funny. <laughs> it's like oh, you guys were coked and having a good time. Yeah. That's the 70s for you. So I'm sorry. Yes, uh Bill Space. Murray. Yeah, so yeah, Bill, Murray. Bill Murray's the the not crazy one. He's
4: the he's the one that I feel like cuz he there are all those stories where Bill Murray shows up places and then he just leans into people and is just like no one will ever believe you. <laughs> like I feel like Bill Murray's the kind of guy where you would be like, "Hey Bill, do you want to like show up and do this thing?" and he's like,
3: "Yeah, you're like you're the son of the guy who did the first one, and you I know. feel like if um, back in my days with Elmwood Productions, if instead of us sending that letter to Harrison Ford's agent, it to we had sent a Murray. Bill Murray's agent, he would have shown up.
1: Oh, yeah. hey! Speaking of which, um so I helped with a uh, a set strike for New Britain Youth Theater. Yeah, and sitting on the thing in the, in the Y you know, is I, a stack of postcards with goddamn Tugger Cat.
3: Yeah, I know. I I write I write. um I write grants for them.
1: Yeah, but like it was just kind of I, I saw it and I went, oh, I know that puppet. Yeah,
3: it's because um, uh, one of the um, actually the artistic director is uh, an Elmwood performer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's a Elmwood performer. All right, so um, Joe, if people had. Um, news articles that they wanted to share with us, um how would they do that? Uh they can
4: uh email them, couchcrouches at gmail.com They can send them on Facebook, Facebook.com slash couchcrouches. They can send them to us on Twitter or Instagram. And that is at Couchcrouches. So get on it folks. All right. all right. Although I've been, I've been noticing we've been getting some more interaction now that we've been posting more on social media. Well, that's kind of I how it to, works, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I try to I try to get at least one post a week. I've been I've been doing all right at getting to Joe maybe is maybe two. Um, Joe
3: is our um, social media person um, for the, for most part by and large, only because my sympathies.
4: Yeah. It's it's yeah. <laughs> Some some weeks it's an easy job, like this week when I was kind of mad about some stuff on Game of Thrones. It was an easy job for me to be like, hey, what did you think of Game of Thrones?
3: I was kind of mad but we haven't so the strange thing is we haven't as an, as a group our show hasn't gotten nearly as much hate as you might think like on social media because yeah, social media, as we know, is a tool is a tool for disseminating hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't got nearly as much I'm still waiting for it. I'm waiting to get trolled. I just want to get trolled. I just want some... I,
0: I can like spare you some of my trolls if you want. And I just yeah, yeah. I can imagine.
3: <laughs> um, I just cause I just wanna I just want to own a troll just once. I just oh anyway.
0: It, it's not as like fulfilling as you think it would be. But I'll
3: bet you the first one was. No. Just after. See, you say that now no. only because you've had hundreds and hundreds, and now you're you're jaded. But think about it. When, no, back no, when I, you were I, young I remember the first, first time one.
0: I lit up a troll, and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I, I feel bad. If I was as I, like, clever. I lowered myself, or I've like, now perpetuated whatever like, bullshit this is. Why do you have to be right? If I Why do you was have as to be right? clever
4: <laughs> as the dude who runs Wendy's Twitter account, then I would light up trolls all the time. I'm just not
3: that fucking clever. I gotta believe that that's, first of all, part of me wants to believe that that's actually like a sassy black lady, mm-hmm. like on the computer. Yeah, why is it doesn't gotta
1: be a dude, Joe.
3: No, 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 no. Like, like, no, seriously, like, like, really. And I'm I, I to uh, bet gender- it's an entire team of people. Well, I think that's that. probably what it is. It's probably like like at least five or six people sitting around a table going, oh, this one's fucking awesome. What do you want to do?
0: You got a writer's room where you've got like half a dozen people going, all right, and go.
3: Cuz that shit is comedy gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that like that gets retweeted like oh, yeah. like fucking nobody's business. That's like, some free like, that advertising that is like, that's their full-time job. Yeah. What well, do you do? what do you do for a, be. what do you do for a living? I work for I work I work in Wendy's Twitter. That's what I do. I work at Wendy's Twitter insulting people. Oh, yeah. uh, so I guess that I'm w- a chief insultant. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. So Michael Pucci Hi. Okay. Welcome to the meet. You have uh, survived. Are we in the meet? You've survived the first almost hour of Couch Crouches. How's it gone so far?
0: Pretty good. Except for every now and then when you're clapping the mic. I mean,
3: (laughs) (laughs) you get used to it. You Um, don't get used to it. it, Listen. You you would be shocked. It's not the volume that can crack the eardrum. It's the frequency, and I have yet to find the the. The the, the eardrum-shattering frequency, that's not... That's just gonna... That's, that's just, the brown note. Yeah, that's no, just that the... Oh, the br- no.
0: See, I, I want that as, like, my intro music. Just <laughs> yes. All of a sudden, just...
3: Well, you know what? Next time you're on the show, nice. that's, that's your goddamn intro <laughs> music. Nice. <laughs> Done. That's assuming that you don't walk out of here going, I've never fucking come into this dude's house again. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why I've never come to see him. I feel
4: um, like... W- he's not gonna do that because we're probably gonna be the chillest interview
3: he's ever had.
0: Yeah, I've had some pretty like brutal interviews.
3: So, um, so Michael, if, if I had, if I didn't know you Mm -hmm. and, and I don't, you know, it'd be really weird for me to be at your table. Yeah. Well, no, no, I've had, I've had complete strangers come and talk. Yeah? Oh, Uh, I wouldn't do that. We've had complete strangers before. Yeah. Well, so I should, we've never had had had, complete strangers. We've never had complete, well, no, I've had complete strangers. I've had (sighs) your fucking friends. Yeah. I've, I've never haven't have have had anyone that was unvetted come that's to fine. my home. Um, we have gone out, yes, uh, remotely and done stuff with people, but no. I anybody that's ever come to the house, at least someone knew them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or at least someone had talked to them long enough to know they weren't fucking
0: scary people. I like having my fortress of solitude. Where yeah, you know. yeah, yeah.
3: Um, but so let's say that I didn't know you because a lot of our listeners don't know you well they may not even know who you are give me um give me your 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 press one paragraph biography shit
0: uh or not biography like who are you and what do you do i make nerd shit uh i'm the co-founder of dystopia rising uh original content designer uh co-founder of eschaton media uh i do interactive theater publication writing punch-up basically anything nerd related that isn't making art because i just don't have those skills i i do that mostly i do project management now for nerds pretty much Mm.
4: wow that's 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 quite a cool um so you should see my linkedin i can sell that shit i
3: have um so i'm just thinking um so, you're, so you're co you're, you're creator of Dystopia and Eschaton. Did you create those both the, both the same person?
0: Uh, Eschaton is an entire team of people. It's an there's, team, yeah, yeah, there's a, a different stock owners. Okay. Uh, and then Dystopia was created originally by Ashley and I, but now it has you four know, owners.
3: One of those four owners. Like, who, yeah, who are the owners? I mean, are you allowed to talk about that? Who the owners?
0: I mean, are? I. I Do I know the other two? Probably not. Well, then I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. Fuck them. Yeah, and as things grew, I basically moved into a development and production line and less away from actually running events.
3: Right, right. So um, now, no lie, the main reason you're here is because um, Dystopia Rising is a now – International. No, nope, we're nope. back to national. You're back to national. It costs
0: way too much to be in Canada.
3: Okay, mm. so you're, but you are a, a national franchise of games. Mm-hmm. How many games are, are how many uh, uh, chapters are there now? 20 franchises. Wow. Goddamn. Um, so that's 20 franchises all over the country. Yep. Um, that's, you know, so that, I mean, that might constitute, do, do we have like a, a, an estimate of how many players that, co- that constitutes?
0: Uh. I could probably look it up, but I have no clue. Oh, I just didn't know you could pull a number on no, your ass. No, no. It's, it's difficult because it's like, you've got players who will show up once, you'll have right. players who show up like for 10 years and then disappear for six months, then show up again.
3: Or like one player that shows up to like, you know, three games a month or something like that. I'll yeah, you, exactly. At, at, different, at different chapters, that's a good point.
0: Like I could tell you the, I could look up like the total player numbers, which I know is in the tens of thousands. I feel like- But those my, aren't all active players. I
3: feel <laughs> like my player number is like- Thirteen or fourteen or something like that. I have a yeah. very low number.
0: It's funny when the, like the the people who played back in the beginning come out and just you know you put your player number down when you're teaching someone or referencing someone. and Someone will go, oh, what's your player number? And one person would be like, thirteen two eighty one. What's your player number? Uh, Twenty six four eighteen. What's your player number? One. Because are you number one? <laughs> yeah, I haven't played in, in like I. It feels weird playing yeah. in your own world. Oh, and I imagine. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I like sneaking in so I can, like, observe it from the back, but...
3: You still have the same PC? No, no. Who was your first PC there?
0: Uh, was, was was he one of the, Was anybody I, I interacted with? Stratocaster was my first PC. I never
3: interacted with him, I don't think. And
0: know. then people started, uh, like, giving him too much clout and too much attention, so the best thing for story for was for him to go. So, he's gone.
3: I will say, my favorite character, and you didn't play him, my favorite character of the, my favorite NPC character of early Dystopia Rising is now and will always be Lojack. <laughs> <laughs> Lojack. That was some good story. Mark, uh, Mark, 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 I, I, want, oh, I wanted to kill him so very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- there's not much that's still around from no, like year one, so. but I mean, Texas Lincoln is theoretically still around. Yep. But.
3: I am also, you know, proud to say, and 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 you know what? You're here. You can verify this. I, Jim Williams, held the very first ever quote-unquote magic item at, D, at DR.
0: Custom mechanic item, psionic, yep. yeah. Yep.
3: And it was Captain America shield.
0: Yep, that, that was, was back a- in the day before genre.
3: Yep, yep. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely, no, no, absolutely. It was.
0: That it, was some wild west we, shit. We
3: were, we were. It was a total. It was a total uh, indie game. It was its yep. own thing, but. You know, I, I I'm sure that if I ever came I, I, the cards that I have, the stuff that I have, I would show up with it, and they'd be like, no, 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 yeah, no. no. A,
0: everything from back then expired a long time. I that, imagine yeah. so. That was before we needed like network standards and everyone right, playing by the right. same rules, and you know, books where people couldn't just ask me questions so that they could read it because I was never going to be in their state.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. So how did uh, how did it start? And guys, guys jump in. Okay, so you know what? What is Dystopia Rising?
0: It is a, uh, it is an intellectual property that is a tabletop game. A LARP uh, has a series of novels, graphic novels, that take place well after the fall of humanity. So like a lot of people do the story of the apocalypse is happening now. This is generations and generations and generations after where you're rising up from the dystopian past. So it's you rebuilding in a a world that has already gone to shit. So okay. like in the beginning, when we first started making DR, it was a very like a survival horror game. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it survival horror anymore. It's more like really? a, like hope punk or you know something that's more you know looking to build the future sort of focus.
3: I know that very early on the game, um, even you know once it once it had you know gotten beyond its embryonic state. Um, was still to the, um, to the uninformed or the lay person, not the lay person, because I mean, there's such a thing as a lay person LARPer, but to LARPers not familiar with it or not in the region and stuff like that, it was, you know, that zombie LARP. Yep. I mean, and you you recognize that it was, it was that zombie LARP. Yep. Um, And from what I've known and, you know, literally what you've just said. And from one my experience with people that play it, it's well, way beyond that now.
0: Oh, without a doubt. Like, so I
3: mean,
0: we lucked out in the beginning too, as well. Like it started as the game that I wanted to like run for my friends. It mm-hmm. wasn't intended to like be this giant thing, but then it was right before like the walking dead and the giant zombie. You fandom. did fall
3: right into it. Yeah.
0: And all of a sudden, you know, the first event happened where like a hundred people showed up. I was like, Looked over my friend Ben, and I was just like,
3: I don't know what we're going to do if more people
0: show up. And then we ran a Halloween event, and 200 people showed up. And I was just like, I don't know what we're going to do if this keeps growing. Mm. And then eventually we got to a point where we ran an event where, you know, people came across the network at 700, 800, 900-plus people. And now
3: I'm just like... uh, Has it occurred to you guys to put a fucking cap down? (laughs) No. No, because, no, let me ask you that question, because a lot of, well, I guess we can get into this later, but a lot of LARPs do caps because they want to maintain a ratio, a staff to player ratio, mm-hmm. but I feel like, and this has always been my experience, the dystopia. Dystopia is so player-driven Yeah, I that mean, it's not necessarily as necessary, and the fact that you guys, if it's about bodies, there's a culture, at least in the East Coast dystopia games, the people that I've talked to. There's definitely a roll up your sleeves and help out culture. Without a doubt. You know, besides the fact that I think you guys do a, a semi-mandatory NPC shift still.
0: Yeah, everyone everyone shambles.
3: I never did, but I got to. I had to cook. Yeah, that was my thing. Well oh, no, I, mm-hmm. I I didn't. I, I feel I, like that's a common thread in you LARPing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's how, that's how I get out of doing a lot of the shit I don't want to do. Jim, cook. I mean, because remember that like for a year, the year I I. I well, I was also the first cook. Me me and me and Terry were the first cooks yep. at DR. Um yeah, no, um
0: yeah, DR is much more sandboxed in design. Yeah. Like I completely understand some LARPs going, we're going to do this for 95 people because mm-hmm. they have a specific story they want to do, a specific mm-hmm. genre. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, kudos for that. I mean, DR is much more sandbox. It is right. much more the building a town and a community. So if you have a game that's like 80 or a hundred people then you have a small town mm-hmm. if you have a game that's like 300 people now you have and like
3: a you're, small metropolis Doesn't say you're, you're, you're hitting the city real hard yeah
0: and it's sort of cool when you go to you know game to game and you you get those different vibes
3: Wait, and you know one of the cool things that I've seen and this is just through social media this is just through websites just through the stuff I've seen because you guys your social media people at least back in the day, did a great job perpetuating this kind of unified, this kind of unified, um, not vision, but this unified concept of a game that I know that's kind of, you know, the more you get, the harder it is to maintain a single unified vision. Not so much necessarily plot is what I'm talking about because, I mean, I, you, know, you and I have both run giant network international LARP organizations, you know, been part of that, either, you know, me with One World by Night, you with the cam. Um, and we know that you know, meta plot never really works, um, or doesn't, well, I shouldn't say doesn't really work, but doesn't work to the level that a lot of people that run games want to do. Like, I know you do, you, do you guys, like, publish yearly Metaplot? We don't, yes.
0: You do? Uh, uh, yes, okay. So it's not that we publish Metaplot.
3: Or do you release it out into so the, the, the you, first
0: thing is, because we're uh, a business setup, we create documentation and training and, Right. Like, there's a lot of back end support to running one of the local franchises because it's a game, it's fun. But at the same time, someone needs to do the investment and pay the artists and, and pay for the mm-hmm. insurance and the site. So, by treating it as a business, we also have a lot of support side that, you know, unless you're a franchise owner or an employee, you don't see.
3: But then, which you shouldn't be seeing anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: we know that it happens sometimes, mm-hmm. and but we try to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. But then on like the national level, uh, all of the directors together uh, or all the branch owners or the employees, the experienced designers is the term we use for them now, mm-hmm. they come together and we have conversations where we do design work for this is where we're going to be going over a six-month period. This is where we're going to be doing over a 12-month period. Here are the key things that we're going to be doing. How do you want to buy in on your local level? And if a, if a branch is just like, uh, it doesn't match what we're doing, I'd rather invest time helping the branch that's going, yes, I'm all about this, than trying to force a branch that's not into it.
3: So let's say you have that branch that has kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of gone into business for, the, for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean in a business sense. I mean in a plot sense. You know, um, have you decided that, no, we're not really interested in your meta plot. We just we want to run the shit in the books. We want to run our stories, and the, the books that you've published, obviously, we're mm-hmm. we're paying, you know, to, you know, a franchise fee, which allows us to, you know, use your license material and stuff like that. That's fine. But what, do you ever run into that that owner that's just like, no, I'm not really interested in, in in any of that. You know, we, I've got the books, I've got the property now, I can do that. I just want to run my game in that. Not so much. You don't I, run into that. I mean, I just feel like that's something that you might. I just. So here's the thing. I know a lot of you know, gamers are assholes. Sometimes I Some, am one. I'm an asshole. So it's
0: yeah. Know. But that's the thing. Uh, if you're running one of the events, you're not really a gamer. It's a really good point. You're you're a business owner or you're an employee, and if you're the owner who has to pay a writer for like writing your arcs, and then someone else who works literally on the books and created the world goes, hey here's some free content that you can use in addition. It's silly to not grab onto the thing that uses social media. I mean, it's much better to, you know, provide tools that they'll want to use. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course there's going to be times where one branch doesn't do it or doesn't engage to the level that I'd hope they would, but it's still their choice. I mean, they are their own individual franchises.
3: I feel like... um, you know, I look at it as from what you're describing, and as someone that you know has owned a business and owns a business, and um, it's almost like I, you know, I'm paying a franchise fee. I've, I've, you know, I, I, I've, I've started up a franchise. I don't know if there's like a, any kind of, um, you know, like like annual fee or anything like that. But i I'm paying. I've paid not only to be able to use this content, but I'm paying for this constantly evolving product. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I am, like this guy, like I am literally, if if I am not listening to this guy who's providing me with content, new content, revised content, I'm literally, wa- I literally wasted my, some of my money. Mm-hmm. Like yep. honestly, like one of the things I paid for a service and I'm not only not making use of the service, I'm actively not making, so I'm actively throwing my money yep. away. And
0: then the other part of that is, that's us outlining what we're going to be doing on marketing. So if okay. the story and the marketing matches up and you decide you don't want to buy into the story, you don't want to get involved, that's your decision. But that also means you're not going to reap the benefits of the marketing.
3: Right. Now, and guys, we've got questions. Jump in.
1: Honestly, I'm just kind of enjoying because yeah, I get all of the, uh, oh my God, I went to game and this is what happened and this is what happened here and all this. I get that side and now I'm getting like, you know, the the business side of it, and I'm really kind of enjoying the the interesting intersect between the stories I hear from everyone so, on both sides of this Coming right now.
3: soon. The, the Gonzo LARP network. I do.
1: <laughs> nah. We have
4: a lot of people I'm that listen patient. to the show that are, you know, they write a lot, and we, you know, Jim writes a lot, I write a lot. Gonzo, you you started writing some stuff, haven't you? You've done some stuff?
1: Not really, no. Well
4: is Joe about to go, hey, I I I have some work. Did no, you look I'm at just, it? I'm I'm wondering, so when you first started, you had this idea for like this post-apocalyptic. Did you have a timeline written out of when the apocalypse happened, what it was that happened, and then work your way forward to the point where you wanted to start the game at? Or did you say, This is the point that I'm starting the game at? and the, then figure it out as you went along.
0: The game started with the post-apocalypse, and I had some general ideas, and most of those ideas were lit on fire and thrown away mm-hmm. after the first couple times it interacted with people. Right. And then it evolved and changed, mm-hmm. and some grew, and I went back to some of the things that I lit on fire and went, oh, that was actually good. Let's mm-hmm. put it out, put bring, it out, put yeah, it out, put <laughs> it out. Bring it back. But, yeah,
4: the... And then as you write new stuff, is it mostly like you're going to games and you're seeing what's happening at the games and you're like oh i can build off of that or is it like so th- i have an idea mulling in my brain that's actually a really it. good question
3: yeah. Yeah. how mu- how you yeah, know how much um, how much of, of what happens at game actually at games you know the the plots that happen there and the choices made drive you know any of your content creation
0: most of it does like really? without a doubt like some of it is uh, design decisions that we've made. Some of it is bringing it in line with what Onyx Path is going to be Mm -hmm. bringing up because they're doing the new tabletop. Um, Some of it is uh, feedback from the experienced designers from the different games. Some of it is me looking at the uh, production documents that Mm -hmm. the branches have so I can see, you know, what's selling, what's not. Uh, There's not as much of me directly going to a game anymore Mm -hmm. because... 20 games across right. all different sure. regional cultures mm-hmm. and different gameplay types and different styles. So what I do is I, I take more of a step back from a developer aspect and I go, okay, what has worked in your game? Mm-hmm. Okay, what has worked in your game? Let's have a conversation. What is it that you're interested in doing? Mm-hmm. Okay, here are some things that I'm interested in doing. Here's three ideas. Which of these will land? And then I'll set up uh, meetings where will shoot the shit on, on like discord or Mm -hmm. uh, I'll get feedback from like the marketing people or things of that nature. And then I'll develop from there.
3: I imagine that you find that that at results in, um, you know, individual owners um, who are, you know, responsible for creating content for their players of their own based on what you, you know, they, they have obviously create their own plots in games and stuff like that. But I feel like, on a on an overarching level, they feel a little bit more personally and creatively invested in it by yeah. you by you by you taking that approach. Oh, it's okay. more the
0: yeah. experienced designers than the owners. Uh, mm-hmm. That's actually something that's interesting. The owners own the business, right? And while an owner could be like one of the different roles mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the local business, more times than not, they're hiring someone to be like the experienced designer. Or they're hiring writers, or they're they're hiring oh, a pro- prop interesting.
4: guy. I also feel like taking that approach also lends yourself to a more interactive so player hire base prop where guys. players want Yes, to they hire. Gonzo's a prop guy. Players yeah. are Gonzo's wanting are to come guy. in, yeah. and then they get those experiences where Gonzo is saying, you know, people are coming, and, like, this is happening in-game, this is so cool. And I feel like you get that more Oops. with the approach that you're taking with that writing. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: and then there are times when we do, like, our big, like, national kits mm-hmm. where we are literally, like, Hiding in the chat rooms of players and like seeing what feedback they're going, mm-hmm. going. All right, let's uh, burn pages fifteen through twenty-eight and let's start rewriting this live now. Mm. <laughs> like interesting. We we've done that. Uh, we did that most recently they with could Uprise. Always
3: be watching. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you have. Um. So, I meant to ask you about. Um, So you've worked on other LARP concepts as well. A few of them, yeah. Um, Can we talk about uh, Utopia? Yeah, yeah. Is is Utopia, how is Utopia, because again, I don't, how is Utopia descending? I mean, obviously it seems to be, at least title-wise, related to Dystopia Rising. It is the exact
0: opposite of Dystopia Rising. So
3: the world is crumbling to shit. Everything has
0: been perfect, and now it's starting to fall apart in a hmm. like social media, mass, corporate fantasy setting.
3: Are the meta timelines? No, they're, they're just they're completely disparate. Completely it's just it's 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 all about themes. Yes. Hmm. So one has one theme going one way. One has the same theme going but going in another way. Yeah, and okay.
0: like Devil Days is completely unrelated. Like, yep. um, unless you decided that you're going to take all of them and put them in like the Kronos universe and be like, Oh, the we're jumping between worlds. So I
3: wanted to talk about Kronos. Okay. Because I first experienced Kronos at Gen Con. Mm -hmm. However many years ago that was that we were at Gen Con together. I was there for the puppetry thing. Many moons. Oh my God. It was so long ago. Um, What is Kronos? Uh,
0: It was a universal uh, LARP system we made. Yep. That used cards so that the mechanics were always in your hand, right? And it was good, great design. Uh, The difficulty on it was, you know, having people invest with it.
3: One of the cool concepts that I because I remember I went to that demo where you could walk up to the booth and I I I interacted with with Ashley actually, and Ashley's like, all right, I got the deck here. What do you want to play? Like, what kind of character do you want to play? Like, tell me a type of character you want to play. And you describe a character and she'd go through the deck and she'd like, okay, you want that? You want that? You want that? You want that? You want that?
0: There's your character. There's mm-hmm. your
3: character. And I'm like, well, let me take a look. This is pretty fucking close. <laughs> like this, you know, and you know, it, it I thought it was, a, it, it, it did it, did it not take off or like what? Cause I thought it was, like, I, I mean, I thought it was, like, I mean, that
0: sounds like a really interesting concept. It's really, yeah. it was really clever. I just, I haven't in, heard much of it lately. In small pockets it picked up. Uh, the, the biggest, I don't even call it downfall, but like the hardest part about uh, Kronos is, or really with any LARP is there's two things that you're selling. You're selling the system and then you're selling the intellectual property. Uh. So, Like, would rock, paper, scissors have done as well without the world of darkness supporting it? Don't know. How much effort did they have to go through to make people know what the world of darkness was? Hell, even with Dystopia Rising, the first three to four years of Dystopia Rising wasn't, you know, us explaining it was a Boffer larp It was us explaining, no, this isn't modern-day apocalypse. No, it's not fantasy. No, you cannot play uh, a a goblin in the world. Like explain to people what the intellectual property was. Mm -hmm. So the difficulty with Kronos was because it was so like universal and so like open, you can build anything with it.
3: It didn't have a solid selling point. It was, you know, I always looked at Kronos is, and I mean this in the best possible way. And some people could look at this as an insult. It's not, I feel like Kronos, um, had almost a gurps feel to it. Oh, without a doubt. Like, and you know, anytime you but make But it was e- like an easy gurps feel, you know. Yeah. Like,
0: Whenever you make a universal system, you're going to be compared to Gurps because it's literally the name.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say like <laughs> g- isn't it generic What is it? Generic, uh, uh,
1: generic? Uh, I think it's generic, generic universal, universal universal role, role, role link link system. System. system, yeah. I mean, you know, so I, I have seen ideas like that taking off as uh, like tools for game developers and story writers. Like there's um I forget the name of it. I saw it pop up on one of the one of the product websites that I tend to throw money at occasionally. Mm -hmm. Um, Just randomly. And it was just showing up and it was like, oh, you know, you're trying to write a story and you don't know your character here. Pick from these decks and you get a whole sort of description and like a a development tool instead of a... Yeah, instead of a a game playing technique. Like that's sort of a framework that people right. could build around. So but was, I, I definitely see the difficulty in in marketing. Marketing that, it, though. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So is like so you got the cards and your cards were what? Like your move like was it like spell cards for D and D or what um, kind of
0: so the cards were like Michael's. were yeah. <laughs> like core personality types, professions, okay. powers that you were buying. Okay. Uh uh, not like specific items of equipment, but like mm-hmm. generalizations, like larceny tools instead of like a lockpick set. Yeah. Okay. So it was generalizations on like three tiers, and then what you would do is, you would uh, have a deck, like a small handful of cards, that mm-hmm. made up all the different aspects of your character. Okay. And whenever you had to do a conflict that required some sort of mechanic resolution, you'd find
4: the
1: card that you was would find the cards. So they would okay. all
0: line up together, give you your numbers.
1: Okay. okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I like it, but mm-hmm. I, you know, tool around in programming languages for fun. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I I always thought that it was it was it was no, like, it was a really handy tool. I think it's cool. It also
4: but yeah. It seems like it's a concept that would be if a player wanted to pick it up, it wouldn't be the most difficult system to pick up because they literally have everything they need in correct. their hand. Sounds so, like yeah. one yeah. of those spaces iOS. that, that iOS. You,
1: you see crowdfunded and mm-hmm. a bunch of people pick it up and really enjoy it and then everyone else has never heard of it. Though. Yeah. Yep, I, that's pretty that's much yeah. exactly what it is. There's small pockets that love it, mm-hmm.
0: play yeah.
3: it. But like... I always joked with Ashley. The problem was with it was that um, it was difficult to break. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you 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 couldn't break it. You couldn't you could uh, you, know, you couldn't like you know butch out a character too much. Mm-hmm. You know you know it's like well no there are certain parent, it was specific roles you got to follow to make this character like you mm-hmm. get this many you do this 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 and this.
0: Yeah, we had people who started breaking it by like uh, so there were world decks as well. So like mm-hmm. when we released uh, an IP. Like Devil Days, which was a uh, 1950s rockabilly if everything they said about rock and roll being the devil's music was true. <laughs> so it was That's 50s awesome. devil's possession. Mm-hmm. There were some hoss-ass demonic powers in there that people went, well, I'm playing this other game and yeah. I really want to be able to belch Balefire.
3: One World by Night does that now. Yeah. It's like One World by Night now. And yes, I will motherfuck One World by Night. Why? Why? Uh, Because they take away what's fun about Vampire. I love Vampire the Masquerade. You know I love Vampire
0: the Masquerade. Now, keep in mind, I've been out of like. I know you have. Yeah.
3: Um, Because the worst thing. So, the worst thing about. And this is not just One World by Night, but the worst thing about large scale. I don't want to say this the wrong way. I'll just say that's the worst thing about One World by Night are the players. Um, And the fact is you've got an organization that's trying to placate a hungry player base that are hungry not for content, hungry not for something new, not hungry for story, hungry for Mm self-aggrandizement, hungry for all I want is new stuff on my sheet. Is it an older player base? I would say it probably is. Okay. I would say it is. I feel like that's the reason every time I I mention... I would say it's a lot of the same players that you played with.
1: Every time I mention someone, (laughs) Vampire the Masquerade, they always get this look on their face. I'm like, yeah, I see that a lot. So, you You know... the The weird thing is there's,
0: like, it's not the IP. It's not, like... So Vampire was played during a period of time where we didn't really give any consideration to the people who were playing the game. Right. Mm. Like we we weren't using a lot of meta techniques. So like we didn't have decompression, we didn't have words for like bleed or like you know, we didn't have like any formalized like you know, talk to each other before any sort of character versus character right. conflict to figure out what people want. There mm-hmm. was a lot of things that
3: we just didn't have back then or, no. or or not on a large scale. But I would say that yes, that's so and unfortunately <laughs> You had people that—that's um, one of the things they enjoyed about it, because—and I, again, I, I'm not trying to alienate the, the Vampire the Masquerade player, because I'm not. But in a lot of early LARP situations, and unfortunately, some of it carries over today, it's hey, uh, it's the old I can be a horrible asshole as my you know to, to other people because that's what my character would do. Or that's humans. Or, mm, whenever, or, you, whenever
0: you get a significant number of humans together, you're right. always gonna have that asshole. I think part of what needs to happen is empowering the people running the game and the communities to make those assholes go yeah. away.
3: I agree. And but that you know and that's, then another yeah. thing you see with that type of thing is, okay, so I am this type of person who has these. Horrible proclivities, or I have these this this really kind of broken belief system in real life. You know, I feel like I can treat people. I I would love to be able to treat people a certain way. And I'm I'm being very broad. I would love to be able to treat people a certain way, or do things to people, um, or 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 assert my dominance over people a certain way in real life. But I can't. But I can do it as my character now.
0: Alibi, part, yeah. yeah. Now mm-hmm.
3: part of now. Part of the the argument to that may be somewhat valid in that, yes, you're you're attempting to play someone that couldn't do the things that you could actually you know, that can do things that you couldn't actually do. Sure, but your motive behind it is what is what drives mm-hmm. it. Um, I like you. Know, I'm going to go play and I'm going to roll up and start killing players because. I you know I I want to be able to assert my dominance over somebody, and the only way that I can do it is with my hefty character sheet. But in real life, you know, I you know, I, I could never you know, I could never assert dominance over people in real life because whatever excuse I come up with or whatever right. you
0: know. See, the, the the downfall of that though is the transparency of the game. Mm-hmm. So if an individual game goes, we're going to be really heavy on emotional drama we're gonna be really heavy on the role play this is not a combat heavy Mm -hmm. game and they say that up front and they're clear about it and someone comes in and goes i'm gonna throw my sheet around you go hey here's the description here's everything that you saw that's not the type of game we're doing and we're doing more collaborative storytelling instead of competitive storytelling Mm -hmm. then yeah then that person's wrong however There are games that, like, combative games are completely acceptable. Sure they are. If you go in with that expectation. See, that's the thing. The game needs to communicate that. And we haven't had that language. Like, uh, I think part of what Vampire, you know, looking at it in retrospect is when we said LARP, we were saying, oh, well, I'm going to go LARP this weekend. And everyone was like, oh, is it werewolf changeling uh, vampire (laughs) sabbat anarch. are you gonna go you know hit things with sticks in the woods we didn't define that if you're playing in a vampire game Mm -hmm. you can have two completely different styles of game you just need to agree what the hell that is and go with it
4: and i think even just looking at like larp or tabletop if you ever have a character who says well i have this number on my sheet like if i say to a character in game what are you good at and the player responds to me with, I have an 18 intelligence. Right. That's not, that's the, that's a big, like, in for me, red flag in that I'm not gonna enjoy playing
3: with this person as much because On a scale if somebody from said one it to one me, to 22, I'm feeling about eight health right. wise. And that's a funny, that's a funny comic. <laughs> you know what though, but I will say that, that example that you've given, there's two avenues to that mm-hmm. and I've seen this now especially that I'm you know an elder statesman at the larp that I play um the 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 fantasy larp that I play you know a, a lot of these people and I love it like you know fantasy quest especially as it's had that resurgence mm-hmm. that we've talked about the fact that it went from you know it got as low as 11 players and now it's you know hitting its cap it's hitting its cap which they're very excited about um But you know
0: that was Jim patting himself on the back, not fapping. I'm just gonna
1: say, I wonder if the microphone picked that up. Um, It did very lightly. (laughs) Yes, just just enough. Um, uh,
3: No, this would be me fapping. Shame, shame. Um, You you see some play like you see these players that are just like, oh, you know, um, I'm hurt. Uh, you know, oh God, I I need healing. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you know, and, and so now I'm a healer, I'm playing a priest, right. I need to figure out how much to heal you. I'm like, oh, you know, well, how how hurt are you? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, I have five hit points. Right. That's not necessarily a bad player. It's someone who's not necessarily experienced mm-hmm. enough or comfortable enough for whatever reason right. and you have to, it's my responsibility to work with them and go, hey, well, let's try to do something. There's another of, thought
0: yeah. process. That, that player who said, I have five hit hit points. Mm -hmm. That's someone who is playing a game, Mm -hmm. right? Like how you, you, you play Monopoly or
3: you play life or anything of that nature. They haven't
4: gotten as invested into it as other people
3: who are. No, they may be there to have a game, right. To play a game as opposed to have an experience. Right.
0: Yeah. It's uh, the thought I have behind it is like LARP is like saying sports. Mm -hmm. Like sure. Like, you've got everything from, like, Jeep Form, American Free Form. You've got the LARPs from the Nordic Circles. You've got your Parlor LARPs. You've got lars. LARPs. You've, you, all these different – there's thousands mm. of terminologies. There's a there's,
3: a, there's a LARP uh, – what's, what's like, the real-life LARPs? What are, what are they called? The ones where, like, you're, like, kind of just going on with your life and then, like, you get a message or something like that? Oh, like ARGs? Yeah, like yeah. ARGs. Mm. That's terrifying.
0: But – but, I know. I think those are cool. But because it's such a, a, a wide umbrella, people come in looking for different things. Right. Like there are people who who go to LARPs who want to have these deep emotional cathartic changes and and
3: cry and this happy. guy, this guy right yeah, here. Yeah, that's me. not
0: me. I, I dealt with a right. lot of like shit myself in my real life. Well, when I I go to a, Yeah, I shouldn't about 75% say i there to cry, Of like, the
1: DR stories I get are from people that like those, and they come back with, "Oh my god, this thing happened." But I yeah, think, and if that's yeah, what they yeah, dug. Yeah awesome like, yeah
4: like you're saying it you have to set the expectation for the because if i walk into a game and i say and i'm a healer and i need to heal you and somebody says to me i only have 5 hit points that's going to take me out of it and that's yes. not why i play a game whereas if i'm going to a game where everybody is i need 5 hit points and i'm going oh man i'm really fucked up somebody need, and they're like well how much do you need and i'm just like no oh, i'm really fu-. like they're not going to have they're not going to enjoy me as a player. Yeah. And fortunately,
3: yeah. fortunately, the, the game, you know, that game that I'm talking about, it's a small enough game, and they're 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 caps fifty players. Mm-hmm. They're they're a small little little podunk. That's why I love it. You know, yeah. it's, it's small. Uh, it's totally big fish, small pond, and it's fun.
1: Um, but so tell me again about the people that break characters, Jim. <laughs> That Break characters, how so? I was poking fun at you for being a big fish in a small pond. There's always a bigger <laughs> fish, though. There's that's all, that's all I was doing was saying, no, you, do, you like being the king. No, 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 I'm dude, I'm not nearly the, the I, highest level
3: I, character. I'm there. just busting your Anyways, balls, Jim. Although, uh, although I although I have started the mafia,
1: um,
0: of course, you did.
1: Shut
3: up. Um, so, at
1: this game, um.
3: You know, the expectation is it's like, hey, listen, we're this is what we're this is what our goal is. Because it's small, mm-hmm. you know, you can go, Hey, our goal is to have an immersive experience. You know, we want to try to keep as much out of game stuff, you know, out of the game and stuff like that. So it's not so much you get that person that goes, Oh, yeah, I, I oh I I I need three hit points of healing. Yeah. Or like I should be able to do this because I have X amount
4: of intelligence or X amount of charisma. It's whatever.
3: my responsibility then as an experienced player to say to them, Hey, okay, oh, so you have three experience points. Then me to go, Oh, so um, you know, so you're, you're saying you've got three wounds on you or like it's this deep. grievously wounded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then later also because of my other position in the game, I could take them aside and go, hey, let's this is what, you know, some
4: Are suggestions. Just something yeah. as simple as like when we play our D&D game and someone makes a persuasion roll, you don't have them make the roll and then just say, okay, you persuaded them. You go, okay, what did you say to them?
3: Well, I'm very what big is, on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I was a god once.
3: Yes, you were. <laughs> That's the, where like, and you know what? Sometimes, if your, I, sometimes your shitty ass persuasion rolls, if you come up with a decent enough thing, it's good. Yeah, it that's, yeah. If It's I, worked. I want to see that work. If
4: I roll the die and I get a number that passes, like the first time that we met Arcadius's dad. Yeah. And we all had to tell him a story or try to make him laugh or do something. So I roll the check, and then I walk up and I start making rock jokes because I'm a dwarf
1: who's been living in a mountain. Where was I for this? I don't, did I participate
3: when you met the first time you met Zendarius? Yeah, did I, yeah, you were there. You I were there. Did,
1: what did I do? Someone that's not me. Tell me what I did. You, I don't remember. I just told something Lovecraftian, yeah, but I oh,
4: okay. I remember walking up, and my opener was because he was sitting on this big topaz rock. Wait, I no, went,
1: didn't I make a joke about not having a soul or something? Yep. I, yeah. I
4: walk up to him and I go. Um, so by
3: the way, this is a big giant bronze
4: dragon. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I walk up to him and he's sitting on the Topaz rock and I go, that's a pretty sweet rock you're sitting on. I call it Dope-Ass Topaz and everybody loses their shit <laughs> and it worked because I had a decent roll on my performance check for the
3: story I was telling. And bullshit, it worked because it made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, so, and but I could, this is always yeah. the age-long debate between R-O-L-E play and R O L L play.
0: I don't think it's really a debate. Both are correct. You just gotta say what yeah, you're correct. doing.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And that's the part that I think people miss, is because they go, Well, I'm going to play X game. And they realize, they don't realize that they're just they're talking about a, a game world or an intellectual property. They're not talking about a style of play. Mm-hmm. Right. And you could go,
4: like if you could show up to a vampire LARP, and then you could show up to another vampire LARP that takes that uses the same book and You go to this one, and it is R-O-L-E play, and you go to this one, and it's R-O-L-L play. A great
0: example of that is uh, End of Line. End of Line is a freeform style of vampire LARP Mm -hmm. that doesn't do the rock, paper, scissors, anything of that nature. Uh, I did it in uh, New Orleans, uh, and I would say in that one three-hour, like, a rave scenario they ran. Mm-hmm. I had more intense vampire roleplay than I did an entire decade beforehand. Was there even all a system to that though?
3: Uh,
0: yeah, they used some really smart systems. So almost everyone was humans.
3: Okay.
0: Except there were some uh, some guidelines. Uh, if you were a vampire, you were the uh, you had uh, certain rules you had to follow, such as you always we're the last person to break eye contact. So if you're a vampire (laughs) and you make eye contact to someone, it's that predatory aspect that you're just locking eyes. And if two vampires are just staring at each other for a minute, you now both realize you're both vampires without contest, Mm -hmm. no words, anything of that nature. Uh, They use scented oils on the uh, human players uh, to determine <laughs> what type, that's awesome. the quality of the blood that you have. So you'd go in close and you'd have to, oh, that's fucking that's, cool. Yeah. And then the other parts of it was negotiation. So if you wanted to do like violence or if you wanted to become intimate or feeding or anything of that nature, you'd go, hey, off game. You want to, you know.
3: Well, what if I wanted to like, you know, drop a shroud and like get my arms of the abyss out and start kicking people's ass? Yeah, that doesn't really exactly. Yeah, so but what would happen is
0: like a person would lean in and go, "Hey, off game. Our our characters are really starting to heat up. You want to do you know go violent with us?" And the other person would have the ability to go, "Yeah," Yeah. or go, "I'm not really feeling it." And then you would adjust your role play afterwards. Mm -hmm. But because people were opting into like losing the fight, right? I saw shit like people throwing themselves down the hallway and getting like. Fake kicked in the ribs and like mm-hmm. physically dragged because uh, dragged down the hall into a, bl- a plastic sheet where they had blood prep like the, the sort of Good shit old that fashioned you can't stage see.
3: combat yeah. yeah
0: yeah but because they felt comfortable with it and they agreed mm-hmm. to it beforehand they were able to get much more intimate than you would see in like a, you know a standard parlor larp mm-hmm. so both of those they're vampire yeah but you know, completely different yeah. expectations, mm-hmm. completely different systems, completely different approaches.
3: And I would also say that also is is very much um, navigated by who's running the game, mm-hmm. you know, like what kind of game style the person that runs the game has. And that's why I like having like multi-people staff because sometimes you've got someone – this is the combat guy. This is the story guy. This is mm-hmm. the puzzles guy. This is the, you know, and if you have a staff. I
1: never did solve that cipher for you.
3: No. If you uh, have a staff, they did. And, and honestly, the cipher was broken because one of the one of the pieces of the key was just wrong. Oh. Don't even worry about well, it. fuck that noise. It's all right. We finally went to the person that wrote the cipher and said, this is what we think you're trying to do. Um, this is why it doesn't work because this piece of the key is fucked up. Tell me, am I right? Oh, should I messed it up. You're right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I think, you, you know, you, when you have a, that kind of a team of creative people with different strengths, you can have a game that can work from multiple types of, multiple styles of gameplay. Yeah,
0: but you still need to communicate what the game is going to be focused on so the players know what to expect from each other. Mm-hmm. Sure, because sure. you got to remember they're only interacting with the people who are running the event only so often, right? And then okay, having those guidelines for when they're interacting with each other makes it so you you know your game is less likely to have a meltdown.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, some nerdy ass shit <laughs> happening this, at the table right episode, now. Yeah. So, yeah, so far. Um, so okay, um, let's you know again let's let's talk for a couple minutes. Um, and then I want to talk about Michael's today, a little bit, you know, with you know, in in whatever amount of vagueny we want to. Sure. Mm. Um, so, how at what at what point did you see? So you, you talk about how you you had one game, you had this many you know, players come, you had this game, you had this many players come. How did you decide to go from the one or two games that it initially was? How did you decide? Now, was it always in your head to eventually go? I want to use a franchise model. I want to take it out there. And you know, had you learned from other game game networks that attempted that in the past? Because I can think of a, I can only think of one or two that really tried to do a franchise model, and it you know mm-hmm. hasn't been successful. But uh, yours has. We looked more at how actual
0: businesses run franchise instead of like games. Yeah. So, like, I don't do a large portion of the the contracting side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a content producer, but I remember back in those days, like...
3: I remember it was just three of you, so that's yeah. what I'm just saying. And, yeah. and
0: I am not a franchise lawyer, so this isn't advice or anything mm-hmm. like that. But there's, like, guidelines to determine if you are a franchise or not. So if you want to, like... License a, your your property out, or if you want to be a franchise, there's like guidelines that determine if you become a franchise. So when we opened other games that we did not own, the choice was license to them, and you know the I, if I remember right, and again, this isn't right. the thing I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're using if you're
3: coming for legal advice to couch crouches, oh, why <laughs> you you you, Had you met the, me? You, you walked deserve, into the wrong bar, friend. You deserve. Every wrong choice you make. So
0: so one is them using, like, your trademarks, your property, your tools, things of that nature, training. Another is, are you getting any money from it? And the third is, uh, do you have oversight? So in the instance that, like, I wanted to make sure that space aliens didn't come down in one of the games, and I want to make sure that the story was on point, Mm And, you know, I want to get some payment so I can pay for the damn lawyers and accountants for having the additional uh, games. And they're actually using the stuff that we made. You're a franchise. And that's, like, the Mm -hmm. stupidest oversimplization. Like, there are so many... it's multi-tiered. Yeah. Like, it's clearly multi-tiered. And there are so many legal terms for, like, accidentally being a franchise because... (laughs) Like it happens so often, mm-hmm. so
3: someone goes beyond just licensing a product and or right. licensing a, an IP, and uh, yeah, it takes it a step further. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, is um, are, are new franchises still popping up in this day and age? Yeah, you still uh, see
0: that. I, I can't really talk about where the, no, the newest no, one fine. is owning, but there are other ones that I have signed.
3: That's exciting. So. It's still going down.
0: Yep. And there'll be some that close or get sold mm-hmm. or transfer and, you know, new ones will open up in the area. I mean, it's been going for 10 years now, yeah. so.
3: Well, you know, and that's one thing, you know, and I've said this to, so there's always there's always detractors to everything. Yeah. And there's always people that want to talk shit about everything. Mm-hmm. God knows I've talked my share of shit about things before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Can confirm. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm Voracious shit talker, and, mm-hmm. and usually I'm fairly open about who, who and what I talk to talk shit about. Not on the show, though. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I would say that you know, if you've got a situation in any in any situation like this, you would see some you know you could see some um, someone not educated in the ins and outs of what we're talking about here, um, or someone that has for one reason or another, and not even just talking about dystopia, just in general, any any kind of endeavor like this. Oh, well, this place closed. They must be doing bad. And what people forget to realize is that these things are run by human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that game might have shut down because that dude lost it. You know what? That dude, game was unsafe or something like that. Someone mm-hmm. broke their leg and they, they've lost their liability insurance. Or
0: maybe they're out of college now and they now have their degree yep. and they're yeah. working
1: in they their field. Maybe they
3: had a kid or something. Yeah. Or, sorry, guys.
1: Or, um, <laughs> Or, um, That's okay, we kind of stopped regularly showing up to game yeah. long before the child. Yeah. Well, one or, might even say that that, uh, you know, improved the chances of conception of the child. Having all this free weekend time. Not mm. having all these nerds hanging around yeah. my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah there was... Yeah. Well, definitely. Yeah, there's, Nothing gets I mean, Jamie the, more ready to go than not, not <laughs> having nerds in the house. Fair enough. <laughs> not, well, like not, having... she, not like she married you or anything. There's, any, yeah. there's, there's any number of
4: things that where it's just like, you know... We're theater people. Sometimes we can't get a game together because we have rehearsals. Because you're in so a show. You're in a show. Right. I'm
3: running a show or you know Yeah. There's there's any yeah. number of reasons why people can't get a game together. But to of course like, no, not, no, yeah. but, but you know, and of course we hate on haters. Um but <laughs> fuck but, the haters. But no, people that's don't that's want to end up with more of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. but you, people don't want to look at it that way. So. Hate us because they hate us. Did you
1: just say they <laughs> hate us because they Anus, yeah. All right. Hate us because they anus. All right, I got you. <laughs> where was this from? I think it was from that
4: shitty. No, it was from a, Seth Rogen. I remember. No, was something the recent. Dictator, right? Yeah, with yeah, Seth with, Rogen yeah. and, and James. Frank, fucking James Franklin. Yeah. God
3: damn. It. Um. So okay, so we, that was my thing. Where it's it's. Where we're, were you? We're still growing. Um What is that you can discuss? What is in the future for Dystopia Rising? Well, we have... uh,
0: So Onyx Path is releasing the tabletop, uh, which is going to be uh, timeline forward instead of retconning anything that existed. This is just a continuation of the story. Uh, It's being overseen by uh, Eddie Webb.
1: Pay attention, Star Wars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have our new rule system coming out in a handful of months. It's been about a year and a half of development where we're going a lot more streamlined, trying to remove the, uh, the crunch and mechanic out of it and get the rules out of the way. One of the big things that we we did with it is we're trying to teach people how we're thinking about the rules in the world instead of trying to teach them this is mechanically exactly by the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. Because the second you put things down in a, uh, in a wording where it's like uh, sort of CCG rules, right. you have people go, Well, this word technically means. So we're avoiding the (laughs) hell out of that. I mean, it
3: it is. Yes. So he's referring to uh, someone we once gamed with. You just don't want a female boat captain. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you're misogynistic. misogynistic. (laughs) Um, Offline, I'll tell you this story. can, can uh, Can I use my acrobatics as a performance check? But what Michael's talking about is that on a. Larger scale level. Oh yeah. yeah, it's 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 national rules lawyering. Yeah. It's people wanting to look at that and go, "Well, this word, according to the dictionary, has two or three different." I get definitions. hide as a bonus action. It doesn't matter if there's something I can hide
1: behind. See, you see, it depends on what your definition of the word is. is. Okay, I hate all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the type of shit that you hear all the time. Right? Oh yeah, without yeah. a doubt.
3: Uh, and part of and it- believe it or not, all the, they're saying. Was all from one player?
1: Oh, I, I, <laughs> I have no doubt. Except my thing, my mine was a uh, oh yeah, M- is Mona, yeah, Monica yeah. Lewinsky. Yeah.
0: Uh, part of what we're also doing is trying to be more transparent in how people play and introducing more meta techniques for, you know, preventing a lot of the shit that we've seen over ten years. Like the the game system is older than the concept of an app. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the game system predates tablets. Yep. So, like, it's one of the frustrations because I've seen things that needed to change, wanted to change for a long time, but because we're an entire franchise, that means publication of new content. It's not like a single game where I can just go in and go, all right, we're changing this, 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 and this because these things are stupid, these things suck, and these things no longer apply. Mm -hmm. Because it's an entire network, we now have to go, all right, we're going to be releasing out an entire new book. We're now going to update all the training materials that go along with it. We're going to update all the support materials that go along with it. We're now going to retrain all of the individual branches on how things work. Mm -hmm. We're going to provide the info for them for feedback.
3: Well, that's one of the uh, real, I imagine that's going to be one of your real headaches is you you make a change and it's more than just making a change because of the the type of services that you provide Mm -hmm. that we've talked about that you get when you pay for your franchise and pay for whatever renewals it's more than just you and your team having to um, come up with new stuff. And it's more than just putting it out and going, okay, implement your new stuff. It's now going, okay, here's the new stuff. I want you to implement the stuff. And now here are these services that are gonna help you integrate this stuff into your game. Correct. I feel like the easy part, and it's not easy, is coming up with the content. Yep, is I've got this great mm. idea. I know how I can fit this in. I'm going to put this down on paper. Oh, cool! You know, no, know look you, when when I play taste when I play test that in the play test of my mind, and then play test it maybe at a site or two. Oh, it works! Now I have to implement it. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, shit! Now I have to spend this however many more months coming up with with you know methods, techniques, and materials that can mm. apply to teaching all of these people. This is what it is, and this is how you integrate it into your game. This Mm -hmm. is how you get. This is how you know you. Players may need to adjust their their character sheets somehow, or they have access to. to We have to have an entire new database program to
0: make it to support the new character design and how the system works. So yeah, I oh fuck
3: that. Yeah that
0: that has literally been almost two years of my life now. Yeah is is. Doing that change. No wonder Mm. you don't run or play that often. No. (laughs) If I'm spending 50 hours a week working on layout, revisions, writing, overseeing teams of writers and testers, sending things out to editors and and all that, if I'm working on that world for, you know, a full-time job worth of effort, on the weekend, I want to be me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, now that it's getting to the end, I'm starting to get that itch again where I'm just like, oh, I can. I can go put on rusty, dirty clothes and, you know, not be me. You say it's the end. Until next time. Uh, I'll hire someone else next time, honestly. Okay. Uh, The amount of effort that goes into a full system revision while keeping the core spirit of what people want, adjusting to everything that you've seen over a prolonged period of time,
3: you can't change it that often. Now, would this be the type, of, so let's say the time came where you did have to hire somebody to go and do that. Mm-hmm. When they're done, do you still give it the uh, the little papal dispensation or at that point? Oh,
0: you, yeah, no. I, even with the, the so tabletop it would, books. It would
3: still, it, it in the end, it still crosses your desk last. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, but there's a difference between it crossing my desk and uh, me writing the words. 100%, mm-hmm. absolutely.
3: <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I would, I, just sheer hours alone, I'd rather uh, review than revise. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'd rather do a a ton of meetings and give, you know, notes and points and directions and feedback Mm -hmm. than doing hand layout for all item cards.
3: (laughs) Which just sounds
1: like so much fun. (laughs) So I made a replica passport. (laughs) You did do that. Okay. So what you don't know about Gonzo, (laughs) I'll tell you a little bit about Gonzo. Gonzo, um, I was also in a real bad depressive funk then as well. Gonzo Mm -hmm.
3: is a very talented prop maker. Nice. Um, But Gonzo has a problem Uh, when it comes to, and he's not like some of these costumers that are like, well, that's not historically accurate. He wants to make things historically accurate for himself. (laughs) Gonzo's not the type of person unless he was, unless it was real blatant. To no sit, one saw the why did I to, do that? To sit there and go, Oh, well, that's that those boots are wrong with those pants. Unless it was really ridiculous. Why is he wearing Nikes with that Civil War uniform? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But um, turns
1: out Converse totally period appropriate for doing hair. Didn't know that they were <laughs> yes. introduced and mm-hmm. largely unchanged since the 1920s. Made me totally fine with wearing them. Mm-hmm.
3: So Gonzo did props for cabaret. Mm-hmm. And he made um,
1: travel papers for Weimar area, Weimar era Germany. Gotcha. There's a lot of photo references for it in like museums. Mm-hmm. And Makes
3: sense. He literally went through, and they're they're gorgeous pieces. Mm-hmm. But you you got mad about one detail that turned out to be off. Um, forgot what I don't know if it was about those, but something you did in that show. You there was like was one it the small detail. It might have been the typewriter. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the typewriter. So we had was, a typewriter. Um, so so the, the show takes place in 35? 35, 30 uh, 35 or thirty-six. Yeah, and mm. the um, the typewriter came out the year after. Gotcha. And he's like, "Son of a bitch!" I'm like, "Shut the fuck
4: <laughs> up." Well, it's like the the meat grinder for Sweeney Todd was. Uh, what was
1: it? It was no, like... it was 1889 meat grinder. Which, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Still technically not quite right for the time period that Sweeney Todd was the, written to be in. The last show that it I directed so perfectly, mm. it the, made a beautiful noise. I can forgive it. Actually, yeah. literally the last show I directed.
3: It was the last mm-hmm. show I directed with Running Windsor's program was was Sweeney Todd. Uh, the last show I've directed was Sweeney Todd, and Joe was Sweeney Todd, and uh, his girlfriend Janine was Mrs. Lovett before mm-hmm. he was before she was his girlfriend Janine, mm-hmm. and Gonzo. Was a prostitute. That's student. a very
0: healthy and stable base.
3: <laughs> still healthier and stabler than anyone that's ever come out of uh, come in a relationship out of being in hair.
0: Not gonna argue that. Yeah. True. I have,
3: I have. I. I have only seen one relationship persist uh, out of a production of hair, and they still got divorced ha- in the middle of their relationship.
1: True. Yes. Am I wrong? <laughs> You are not. No, so I know them as well. Yes, I know
3: you do. That's the yeah. Um So, what else that
1: you can talk
3: about, or you can again make subtle veil references to what's 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 currently in the future, currently in the future for Michael Pucci? Well, we just finished
0: up doing a officially licensed changeling festival weekend, oh, which great. was amazing. It. I we had so, live bands. There was belly dancing. If I had found was, out about
3: it, I really would have totally. If I known, was, it was beautiful. I would have. You know what? I, I would have gone, and I would have strapped my my amp to my leather pants and my belly hanging out with my horns and fucking played the captain. We had the old House of Blues in Atlantic City. That's
0: awesome. And the Foundry and the Diamond Room <sighs> and the Manimals played, and it was they did an encore that included, uh, we can be heroes at the oh. end of the game. And it was tear jerking. There was a ball yeah. pit in, uh, one of the, uh, Tibetan themed, uh, VIP rooms. Cause the, the, the foundry room is like where they used to do all their private VIP parties. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, uh, it was, there was hookahs set up over the pier of and Selkie's doing photo shoots down on the beach. And it was beautiful.
3: I mean, you know, this is where I don't know where keep tangenting. I'm sorry, but like, you know, have you not heard
1: us record? I listen, I, I have 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 you not been a part of this podcast? I I've only listened I've only listened to it a couple times. Whose um, house are we in? <laughs> um I know Jim
4: has been on literally every episode of Couch Crutches well, because you guys won't because we
3: you guys won't fucking do it without me. Um it's hard to record in your house when you're not here. <laughs> I got lock picks. Um <laughs> Give you keys if it's that
1: big of a deal. Um, I just don't know how to run this uh, newfangled I, computer machine. I did machine.
3: want. Oh, this is one of one of the things I want to talk about. And I know we're you know we're, we're 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 at two hours just about, and we still have to do letters and. There's this Game is of, about on schedule. Yeah, but there's Game us. of Thrones to talk about, and I'm going to sit back and watch these people fucking fight like cats and dogs. Um, hey, LARP ain't what it was twenty years ago, is it? No. Uh, for better and also for worse. I just scale is so, and not just not just network, mm-hmm. just in general. LARP scale has grown. And I, you know, when I say scale, I don't just necessarily mean size by number of people or, or venue. Just anything from um, production value to 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 concept. Yes and no.
0: Okay, so. You see more about LARP, yeah. like we flew in videographers for from Poland for Changeling, like right. like that's mm-hmm. that's not the sort of shit you would have ever told me was possible like right. ten years ago with LARP. But at the same time, there are still people who are doing local parlor. There's local mm-hmm. Jeep form standalone events that have no props, no costuming, and they're just as awesome. the The big thing is though you're seeing information about these giant blockbuster events because they have to sell a lot of tickets because they're expensive as fuck to run. Mm -hmm. So we have to actually market them like products. So like LARP has this like giant like blockbusters going on, which is
3: really cool. You
0: know, if you can ever make it to one and they're awesome, they're like mini vacations, but they're vacations. They're not things you do all the time. The local like, handful of your friends LARP that that's still very much alive it's just you don't see it on social media because you don't have to sell it to anyone
3: you run into LARP hipsters
0: oh yeah I, I think I sort of am a LARP hipster but
3: it's, it's so you you know it's like you know a the whole I liked LARP before LARP was cool I think mm. you and I are both like that not negatively but we can both say oh, it. yeah but but you know people that are just like oh you know I, I prefer, oh, I like my LARP where it's, you know, I just, you know, I just like buffer weapons and, and and you know, doing stuff at camps. It's just, you know, it's so much richer sounding and I just like something I can hold. And, you know, it, they it, look back at, the, you know, at the, these new fangled LARPs and they're just, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like there's a LARP hipster class out there it, of, it, of LARPers. I
0: don't even know if it's as much hipster as just tribalism. Like, yeah. People find the thing they like and becomes a part of who they Mm -hmm. are and then like they close off their mind to everything else. Sure, Sure. Like I'm actually thinking about trying to find like a a local old school parlor game so I can get a reminder of what like the old like gaming was. We'll talk afterwards. Okay. We'll talk afterwards. But
3: like. Depends on what you want to play.
0: You know, you 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 can go pretend to be uh, like in The Witcher in Poland and go into and do this incredibly intense training and have this amazing experience or or you can, you know, go to Atlantic City and, you know, be a, a glitter-covered, like, Faye for a weekend and have that amazing experience. But they both cost a lot of fucking money. Well, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and I've
3: heard this from LARPers as well, you know, um... You know, oh, LARP is, you know, there are a lot of LARP concepts that are going mainstream. And one of the things. Thank God. Having, yeah. But a lot of things having nothing to do with anything, you know, discussed or not discussed or anything like that. Um, you know, they talk about these immersive um, experiences. Mm-hmm. And I'm a giant Star Wars dork. You know where this is going. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm a giant Star Wars dork. And the more and more that. Disney sells this um, Galaxy's Edge concept, and what they really want to do. The more it sounds to me like a thirty-five million dollar LARP. It it is. I mean,
0: first you have to define what LARP is, right? And like for me, it's being somewhere, someone else, somewhere else, doing something else than who Mm -hmm. you normally are. So you have that arguable point of: Is it? a LARP if you're still yourself? I mean, you could treat it like a LARP because I damn Absolutely. well know that when I go, I'm going, to, I'm going to be very ashamed in the fact that I'm going to buy one of those mouse droids just so I can kick it. <laughs> because that has been a dream I've had for a very long time, and I'm going to do it completely in character. Like, when you go to the uh, Harry Potter experience, are you
3: LARPing? I think you are. But I think at that point, you, that's the, but that's the great thing about the quote commercialization of it is you have that choice. And I think in this day and age, and this is a positive thing, I think you're going to get a whole hell of a lot of less, a whole hell of a lot less side eye mm-hmm. that you would have gotten in the past. Right. Because boomers are evil and, um, you know, guys like you and me are parents now and, and it's mean, important. I don't think we're
0: rushing towards another satanic panic, which would be I great. can't
3: imagine that's gonna happen anytime soon. Although that did make that did make role-playing uh, metal as fuck. Game. Yeah. Satanic panic. I'm sure it already <laughs> probably is probably been done. Um but but like so like you know, like and I've often thought about this, you know, if my kid is old enough when I bring him to, to, to Galaxy's Edge, you know. He's gonna grow up in a type of house where he may just go very well and be like, Okay, dad, can I, I wanna be this person and, and you're gonna go and be this person and can we do this for the week at Star Wars? Well, Disney has given you the option mm-hmm. to do that because yeah. you don't there's no you, you don't have to you don't have to uh exchange any money. Yep. There's nothing branded. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely nothing in so you, like you can't go and buy any Star Wars merchandise at Galaxy's Edge. You can buy stuff merchandise from the vent from the vent from the, the vendors you're at. Mm-hmm. You can buy a Coke, but it's a Star Wars in Arabesh Coke in a fucking thermal detonator shaped mm-hmm. can. You can buy a lightsaber if yep. you find the place to make them. Yep. I mean, like shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other cool things they're doing is you got your phone, right? Well, there's an entire augmented reality experience yep. on mm-hmm. your phone. You know. There's some nerdy-ass yeah. shit happening in this world, and now the straights are doing it.
0: Yeah, and you know what? It's not going to be called LARP. No. It's interactive
3: experience. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah.
0: Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing and where I'm heading. Yeah. I'm doing interactive experience. I'm doing immersive design. It's, you know, I love LARP. I love creating LARPs, but at the same time, LARP is also its own worst enemy. Absolutely. Like, you create a LARP, you first now have to explain to someone what LARP is. Right. You know, then you have to get them past that awkward feeling that you have for pretending to be someone else. Mm -hmm. However, if I say to you, all right, here's the deal. We're going to go to this bar that is a 1920s speakeasy, Mm -hmm. and we're going to take swing dance lessons in the back, and then halfway through, everyone knows that we have to pretend that it's not a bar because the prohibition agents are going to come in. You're LARPing. Right. But it's not LARP.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and again, for the straights, the big one that I've always tried to explain to them, they're like, oh, what is LARP? I explained to them murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. You know, the old murder yeah. the old murder right. mystery thing. You're all taking on a character and you're playing along in the story. Is it the ultimate oversimplification of Of something, yes, it's as much of an oversimplification of something in saying that fantasy football is D&D for jocks. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, but it's a real oversimplification Mm -hmm. of it. It's not a bad thing. It's a good I mean, way to Well, come.
0: actually. It's closer to Warhammer for Jack
3: well, You're not. You're actually not wrong. But Warhammer. Oh shit!
1: I spent all that money on a new army and I still haven't played.
3: Warhammer in and of Fuck itself is, is just a pull. It's just a ripoff of the old chainmail system, which is you know created by Gary Gygax, who later did Dungeons and Dragons to add. Stories. You know, if
0: I hadn't had a vasectomy, you would have just <laughs> killed all potential sperm for the next
1: like two years. <laughs> Oh, there we but are. But his claws they'll come out between it's the back oh. of the head and
3: he doesn't get Michael doesn't get that reference again <laughs> offline. So remember uh, when his skin was made out of metal and he had <laughs> electric powers? I hate you all so much. Um yeah. so Michael we could we could keep going in this direction all night and I would like to. Um, I'd like to have you on the show again. Sure. To do this, so I, I, I I think we I think we should do this again at some mm, point. Sure. I mean, not that we're done with the show, but I feel like we need to move on to the next section. Yeah. How do you uh, how do you how do you feel about your couch crouches experience so far?
0: It's oh, neat. I mean, I put some pads down mm-hmm. so I stopped banging the shit out of the table. Well, okay. <laughs> he yes, said that for I know weeks. he has said that for weeks. I see the oh, show. I feel like, no, I'm it's acceptable when yes. it's it's acceptable when like you guys do it because. It's like your show. However, as like the guest, I'm like trying to like mouse fart like Michael, light. Put things don't down.
3: Don't worry. What if you ever if you ever make a bang? Don't worry. The audience is gonna blame me no matter what. <laughs> oh shit!
0: Yeah, it's uh, my now fault. I got it. Yeah, it's my f- yeah. That was me. That was me. Jim.
3: That was me. And you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. Um, it's awesome.
4: That was is there <sighs> anything you want to plug before we move on to mail? the you know, Here's a, a,
0: yeah. a, a hilarious thing. I've written two to three tabletop books, ran multiple events, created a network over like I don't actually have like anything I can plug right now. Huh. Like we like DR has its new rule set coming out, which is cool as hell, and we're moving forward and like changing shit, but like I just came off of like running two massive like events mm-hmm. and now I'm like I've got stuff that I'm working on that can't really right. like go into much of but yeah for like one of the few times in my life I don't have like the next thing that I'm pimping and oh. it's sort of nice
4: do you have any social media you want to pimp for when oh, you I, pimp things?
0: I avoid social media like the plague. That's fair. But I if, mean, if you want to see pictures of my dog uh, on Instagram, that works. Uh, I'm, uh, but if
3: I, if I wanted to learn more about, let's say, Dystopia Rising on social media, how could I do that?
0: Uh, dystopiarising.com or Dystopia Rising on Facebook or Dystopia Rising on Instagram or Dystopia Rising in the name of your local state – uh, or dystopia rising the lunchbox or dystopia rising the t-shirt or dystopia rising the flamethrower. The, the flamethrower. kids love this the one. one. <laughs> the kids love this one. Uh, then there's the I web comic you. or just Google dystopia rising, it's there. Uh, and uh,
3: same thing with Eschaton Media? Yeah. Uh, a lot
0: of the stuff we're doing in Eschaton Media now is all like, like our real passion releases. Like mm-hmm. with Onyx Path releasing the, the new DR, like Sean Jaffe's been doing an amazing job. He just did uh, uh, Rememorex, which is like all like 70s and 80s like uh, like sort of that retro vibe and like movie aspects, uh, mechanic light system. I'll probably have some more games that I release through there when I, you know, go, "You know what I haven't done in a while." I haven't punished myself by writing a new game system. <laughs> but EschatonMedia.com, search Eschaton media on Facebook, Eschaton media on Lunchbox, Eschaton media on Flamethrowers.
3: All right. So this is the portion now that we move on to the mail. See,
1: and, you uh, didn't start playing it, but I'm like Pavlovian trained, so I already started hearing a theme in my head when you moved your hand. I'm sorry, sir. So and it was this theme. Of course it was. So, uh,
3: Joe, if uh, people want to get to us by mail, how can they do that?
4: Well, they can email us, couchcrouches at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash couchcrouches. Oh. They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at couchcrouches. Oh, yeah. And they can we, find us on their favorite podcast software by searching
3: couchcrouches. And we're the oh. only one.
1: Yeah, we made it to the guitar. <laughs>
3: well, it's because I, I don't usually play it this <laughs> early. <laughs> Our first email comes from, as the song says, uh, first email comes from Doug, uh, old friend of the show, Doug, and Doug uh, Doug. emails us at couchcrouches at gmail.com. He says, hey, team, well, it's almost third weekend, and obviously we'll have to
1: address the elephant in the room. When the hell are Gonzo and Joe coming back to New England Nightmares? Great question. I'm glad you asked it. I will be fielding any other questions at this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There are great ways we can introduce them back in. Uh, Vitor was off boating,
3: cruising down to warm climes to keep the party going, despite his promise not to. Uh, Valentino has been here the entire time, occupied with improving his mortuary and essentially just lost track of time as he only briefly uh, ingratiated himself to court. You could do some really neat things that with there being an entire shift in leadership in New Haven. Listen. This got really long-winded, but I miss seeing you both there.
4: Vitor dealt with the whole situation. He was fixing up the sewers after the big attack, and then he decided he was going to take that trip to the Grand Canyon, but then he's going to come back at some point. He needed to get some time away. Vitor needed to see the Grand Canyon
1: for a little bit.
3: But on to the meat of my question.
1: That assumes I want to be Val again. You know, I really like that idea. Else. You of could be Dino's really German Tremere. I love it, and I
3: won't be playing a Tremere much longer. So. <laughs> uh, but on to the meat of my question. I'm not going to get in trouble with that character at all. No. This is still a nerd culture podcast, and it's fun to talk about games. What game do you absolutely dominate when you play it? So I'm going to cut out video games. Oh, I was going to say I'll fuck your I day an up as Pink Samus. I know, you love your pink Samus. Um, Go ahead, Michael.
0: There's a card game called Once Upon a Time. Yeah. I rock that game. Uh, It's all about storytelling and card cues, and the problem is I start telling a story, and most people stop paying attention to the fact that they're playing a card game, (laughs) which allows me to continue (laughs) to play cards as I'm telling the story. (laughs) Yeah,
3: That's awesome.
1: I own that game.
3: If you want to do a video game, go
1: ahead. Uh, I don't don't know. Uh, Joe still has to answer. I'm thinking about...
4: Games that I'm good at, and I do I do pretty well at um, all the like hidden identity games. Like I'm pretty good at, at yeah. picking out like Secret Hitler, One Night yeah. Ultimate Werewolf, remember stuff. The time like that time I
1: was Hitler three times in a row. <laughs> I do remember that time. Um, Rob, little gay Rob, got very upset that? and insisted on shuffling the cards himself and handing them out. And I still got still Hitler. <laughs> But,
4: um, yeah, I would say I'm if, not we're, even if we're, German, if guys. If we're discounting video Jim. games, I definitely would say like the secret, the secret role games. I, I, I think it's just because I went to school for social work. So picking up on people's like little Pecadels, ticks and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, hmm. if there was a video game that I say that I would say that I'm, I'm good at, i I'd the Smash franchise is one where I always do fairly decently. If I'm not winning the round, I will I'm still at least lasting longer than most people do.
1: She's not even like anywhere good on the tier, but I will wreck your shit as Pink Samus. Well, we're talking video games. I'm going to say for me, it's either uh, Street, Fighter? Street Fighter Alpha
3: 2 or Street Fighter uh, 3 First Strike.
1: Oh, you want to come at me um, in Soul Calibur, I will Yoshimitsu Sword Pogo you. The only Soul Until Calibur you're tired I was of good it. at was Soul Calibur 2.
3: Or or Samurai Showdown or uh, King, of Fighting, King of Fighters 95 are probably my video games that I could just fucking... Rule you at yeah, Marvel
1: um, vs. Capcom only because it really respects I'm, my button mashing technique because I don't know how to play that game. I I, could, I just slam the controller. Yeah, X Men: Children of the Atom
3: is my other one that I played <laughs> constantly in fucking central when I went to school. That's why I almost failed out of my first semester. Of, hey, you uh, told uh, me this story freshman once. year. I remember this story. Listen, man, all freshman all freshman year of college was was vampire in the pool hall.
1: Um, yeah. Um, so, but if I had to pick a for, not not yeah. video game. I wouldn't say I dominate at it, but sometimes I'm really fucking good in Talisman.
3: You, you, do, I, play you do really, I play a mean game. You do play good game, Talisman. I, I play i I'd say I play
1: a fairly good Lords of Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. But oh wait, no! Isn't that the one that I snuck up from behind? You're yeah. a cocksucker, you <laughs> motherfucker! I hate that you. That was a so good much. game too. In um, general, that kind of game where I'm just allowed yeah. to be sneaky, then fuck mm-hmm. everyone over but once you game, count the points.
3: Game I'm really good at. Um, Monopoly. No, I fucking hate Monopoly. Everyone hates Monopoly. Ride, not good at, at Ticket Jamie, not good Don't wake Daddy, Jamie. What game am I good at?
1: Mouse Trap. I'm boss really, are good, are really at good at, at Boss good at monster.
3: monster. I'm really good at Boss Monster, especially also uh, once you start adding the uh, the, the, uh, the expansions. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't too good at Oregon
1: Trail.
4: That, 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 I don't think you anybody's can't really good at, be good at Trail. that
3: card game. I don't think anybody's game, good at that game. I don't think there's game. skill at that, that's just fun. All right. Well, Doug, that's a that's a good question. Doug also hits us a Shit, again. I had answers
1: for a Doug question.
3: <laughs> All right. What well, we got more? Doug has a bonus for us. All right, just bonus. says also, Godzilla doesn't look that shitty. I'm getting excited. Godzilla is gonna be cool. I'm. I, I am all about the new Godzilla. 100. Listen, the minute you showed Ghidorah, I was just like, oh, so Ghidorah is just the bad guy, is what you're saying? He's, He's the, the bad monster. Yes. Yes. 100. percent I yes. said good Sold. day. I said good day, and then you they remember just, Godzuki and then yeah i you remember, remember. godzilla and then for nothing like you know what so there's there's Ghidorah, there's godzilla we're just going to just just be just cuz we love you there's some mothra for you there she is there she is do you
4: remember space godzilla
3: i do remember space
1: space
4: godzilla, godzilla who looked yeah. like a crystal vagina and godzilla's face was the clit yeah
3: i don't remember that yeah i'm wondering if somehow there's a way
1: to describe it
3: i'm wondering if somehow the humans are just going to somehow fuck it up and throw in mecha godzilla i just you know you could. You, you, Michael's getting excited. <laughs> I, I, I will it's not be, be happy
0: until I see Mecha King Ghidorah. Oh, it's gonna or King be Caesar. King David
4: Caesar,
3: yeah. Well, to, yeah. And it's going to make money. When's he going to punch means. the monkey? When's he gonna punch? That's yeah. the
4: next one in the so series.
3: Joe is a giant, giant monkey fan. I fucking and yes, love King we Kong. know that King Kong is a member of the Great Ape family. But in this house, he's he's a giant monkey. He no, loves fine. giant monkeys. So I love, mm-hmm. I
4: love King Kong. Uh,
3: in I Smash, see... I'm a DK main. Yeah, it's TK is a solid character. Yep. Who's your Who's your Who's your Overwatch main?
0: Uh, I always play tanks. I'm mostly a Roadhog main. Roadhog. Yeah, it's, you know, but basically... I play
3: Roadhog when I get mad because no one wants to heal me.
1: I used to Widowmaker, but I haven't played that game because I'm really bad at shooters. I'm
3: horrible at Overwatch, which means I'm a really good D.Va player. <laughs>
0: I, yeah I I rode ho- I basically if it's tank or support I play mm-hmm. it because you know that's what no one ever plays
3: Yeah, which bothers me but that's okay um, and what's the other one the, the, the fucking guy I played Torbjorn Torbjorn because all you have to do is like, hey, it's okay Just yeah you know what? I'm gonna put my turrets in places and you can't fucking reach them and just sit back I am not
1: it. a dwarf <laughs> he's
3: a dwarf he's a fucking dwarf alright Blizzard so only makes he's got one cool, game he's got cool over and over too.
4: Huh? Torbjorn's got a cool daughter. Yeah. She's like Minnie Reinhardt, but she
3: heals.
0: Yo, she's a badass healer oh, once yeah. you get used to her. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: who's the other one that I liked playing? Um the rel- she's re- relatively new. Sombra. I liked playing. Sombra is good. Sombra's very good. But yeah, I don't fucking play a lot of, a lot
0: I, of I, I also play a lot of Moira when I'm Moira, off healing.
4: I I enjoy Moira. She's a cool she's a cool healer. All right. So I'm going
3: into uh our did we did we get any tweets? Uh, I don't hey, think when we, do we got get a subreddit. We got a,
4: we got a Facebook. I was thinking about subreddits. That's
3: I don't but think it's a good,
4: I don't idea. Think it's no, a good idea. No, either. no, no Reddit, breeds hate. Reddit breeds
0: <laughs> hate. <laughs> I'm very happy in the fact that I've never had a Reddit account mm-hmm. because every now and then people are like, oh, you have to read what they're saying on the Reddit. I go, no, I really don't I, need I'm to. I'm not going to. Though. If I, you're
1: saying it in that voice, I don't think I need to.
3: Yeah, because you, you know, it's mostly about you.
0: Oh No, it's it's not about me. People are just like, oh, this horrible thing is happening in this place. It's like, all right, look, if it's really a problem, you wouldn't Twitter. be telling Reddit.
4: No, we have not gotten any questions on Twitter. No Twitter. We'll check what about in- Instagram? I will check. Instagram.
3: So one of the things that people have said that they would like us to do Did is um, read much. our uh, mail beforehand to get an idea that we're not just, like, jumping into it. No. But
4: no, that's not fun. The only thing I got on Instagram. Why do you want to ruin a, this for me? I yeah. got a comment on the picture I posted uh, for Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was so uh, it was Adrian on um, it was Jacqueline.
1: You're right. It was. Uh, I remember seeing it yeah. and going, I know that name, and then I forgot it was Jacqueline because does is she, does she exist? <laughs> I feel like we all mass hallucinated Jacqueline. I mean, she has a she has a racist theme song and everything. Yeah, but I don't. <laughs> I think that we are all just inhabiting the same fever dream. Yeah.
3: Well, we did get a um, we did get a, a, a message um, on Facebook from our good friend Jordan. from Table to Stage. So, uh, the lovely Jordan from Table to Stage, uh, who by the way, uh, next week. Is having um, table to stage live hey, are we on the 22nd. Putting another
1: one of the ads up in this? Um, I'll,
3: I'll th- no, I'll throw a commercial on in that big gap that I did by accident. Okay. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, it's
1: just like. It's next week. Not um, to break the illusion that we totally know what we're doing. Yeah, what we do. Jordan says Which universe, MCU
3: or DCEU? DC. Is it better fit for Rimble Timbley? And what role would he DC. serve in that world? Oh, DC
1: and uh, he's some dude that John Constantine's got to waste just to get this <laughs> magic item from him. Yeah, I can see that. Because I- he stumbled across it thinking it was salt and it turns out that it's actually the cursed salt of like Garganac.
4: Here's here's the thing. I think
1: Garganac. So I think he's got to waste Rimble Timbley.
4: Rimble Timbley is a very colorful character which makes me think Bright, which makes me think MCU. But I also think that they're getting to a point in the DCEU where they're getting sort of a little bit more on the wackier, goofier side. And I think Rimble Timbley could be a good fit as like a recurring side character in, you know, some sort of like... Shazam movie.
0: Oh, but I, the, I want to see Rimble Timbley assigned as Lobo's sidekick.
1: <laughs> but then I think John Constantine would be upset that he had to waste Rimble Timbley. So he'd so raise him back up as would have like sort of ghost of a...
4: Rimble Timbley as like an informant or he'd just be like
1: Oh, it fits right it fits right in with the rest of the ghosts that haunt yeah. him. You should you should read the series.
3: All right. Joe.
4: Rimble um, Timbley is one of the uh, Joe, of how the you doing on ones? Sandman?
3: Uh, I own the first two uh, graphic novels. I mean, you got to read the first two; they're the most important mm-hmm. ones.
1: Um, Joe, how are you doing on Dune?
3: Well, it's, it, along. it's funny that you should mention Dune because we have a question about
1: Dune. Segway. Uh, Segways are beautiful. I, I, I know it seems like I remembered, but trust me when I say that I don't remember this discussion. No, you don't. No, remember I vaguely it at all? do after the fact. Well, now that you said Segway, well, but uh, um, did we did I answer? Jordan's question? Yes. You just did. I said John John Constantine Constantine a lot. I
3: I refused to answer it. Not that I refused. I just didn't. Um, I'm having trouble right now pulling up Brian's uh, message on Facebook because I don't like this new Facebook app. So Joe, can you find a me to do yes, it? Yes, I do. I apologize for
1: that And part, I actually the
3: did read this. Oh, great. Thank you very much. It I was appreciate it. Real that. bad. Yeah. He,
1: he might be all right in uh in, in vertigo. Uh, doo, doo, doo,
4: doo, doo, doo. But if
1: he was in just straight up vertigo, whoa, then Rimble Timbly would definitely yeah. not be following this Joe's guidelines for a well, fucking Rimble Timbly. For Rimble Timbly. This
4: is what I want messages. Pulling it up. Which one am I looking for? At? Brian? Brian. Uh let's see. Hi Grouches. Brian here. Hi Brian. Grouch. What are you most looking forward to about the new Dune reboots? Is it the prospect the prospect of sequels? Is it perhaps getting a welcoming to new fans treatment of the material? Me is swag. Uh, There has been a lack of good Dune merch for years, and I would love being able to display my fandom from legitimate license sources. Digging through the internet for a t-shirt is great, but I want more than that. Um, So what are people excited about Dune? I'm excited that I'm reading it and enjoying it, and I'm going to get more of it, much like other things that I got into after they became big things. So I got lucky, so I didn't have to be like, oh, no, I'll never be able to find merch for this thing because I would hear about things, and I'd be like, that sounds like a cool thing. I could get into that, and then I did. But you guys have liked Dune for far longer, so what
3: are some things you're excited about? Um, So much. <laughs> so fun. First of all, that cast is incredible. Oh, yeah. That director is so how long is till they announce
1: the uh, casting of Andy Serkis mm-hmm. as the god emperor of Dune?
3: Oh, well, they're not doing God Emperor of Dune, so hopefully never. Um, yeah, because yeah, that. that's all we need is a giant fucking sandworm with a human's head on the end of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. moat capped by Andy Serkis. God damn it, I hate you both. Um, <laughs> Michael, do not encourage him.
1: <laughs> Which Michael? Exactly. Empire exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> um, what am I looking forward to the most? I, I, while, yes, I'm sure merch sounds like fun. Uh, I I love merch I love shit I love excuses to buy shit that I don't have Um, what I'm looking forward to is seeing um, something cohesive and comprehensible I'm a David Lynch fan I love David Mm -hmm. Lynch I love the David Lynch Dune movie I know in my heart of hearts and no one's gonna argue with me that is not a good film no version of the David Lynch film, including the four-hour Alan Smithy version, is good. That movie is not good. Um is there anything redeeming about that movie? Meh, kinda here and there. Sting was incredible in that fucking movie. But you know, and you know, Patrick Stewart's there. Patrick Stewart's 20 years old, <laughs> looks, you know, looks like he's 60, like he's looked like he's 50 mm-hmm. for fucking 60 years. I don't know why when you um,
4: said Sting, I immediately jumped to like the wrestler
3: sting. The wrestler sting? No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's it's Sting the Singer. Yeah. Besides, if any wrestler was gonna be in goddamn Dune. You know that I'm the cream of the he's That's dead. who it would be, but, but he's then, dead. Yeah, yes. so now we got um, the well, next best thing I mean, in the we could do, which is Dave Batista. <laughs> oh, fucking Dave Batista. Yeah, Dave Batista is in Dune. Yeah. He's playing Raban, which works. Yeah. Um I'm looking forward to. Um, a a a cohesive. He's gonna. I think he's gonna do two or three movies. Mm -hmm. If you know the original book Dune, Dune is cut up into three parts. He's got three very specific parts in Dune, um, because it's 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 kind of the story of Paul before he's been awakened, then it's Paul while he's been awakened. And then it's Paul after he's been awakened. So it's, you know, it's And it's, then
1: it kinda goes off the rails. It gets really weird with yeah. space witches who control men with orgasm power. Yes, that, that happens.
3: That that's not so hmm. weird. Yeah, no, no, that's that's No, uh, that that's fairly standard for the time period. Gonzo's not dating the right grade of woman anymore. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum-ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I think the director, I think, uh, it's about two and a half goddamn years. I think Denny. <laughs> I think I, I go. I say it all the time. Fucking um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a goddamn work of art. Absolutely, without a doubt. And Denny Villeneuve is an incredible director because, um, yeah. So that's what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to watching that fucking movie, mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking forward to getting super philosophical about it. Gonzo, what are, you, what are you looking forward to in
4: Dune? That is an Andy Circus face worm. <laughs> that
1: is not an Andy Circus face worm. I, I'm just looking forward to it in general. I mean, Anyone I, w- else? I, I love to see the what the modern treatment of the source. Anyone
3: interesting, interested in what they're going to do with the guild? Like, I'm kind of interested in what they're going to do with the spacing guild. Michael, uh, are you familiar enough with the Dune property, oh, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so... Yeah. Any thoughts on the uh, on the upcoming am, Dune films?
0: I am very excited for all of my uh, nerd friends who are not nerdy enough to have ever read Dune to get my past fifteen years worth of snide comments, <laughs> puns, <laughs> and little jokes. It's delicious. Like it, it, that road has been set for a yeah. long time. Yeah.
3: Listen, man, I read seven goddamn book. Bu- I read nine goddamn books. I read all of Frank's, which is rough. Those last three books, and then I read um, the three original prequels. Yep. Um, I didn't read the stuff after that. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to. Mm. I'm re- you know I'm ready for them to do some stuff with it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, mm. do you have? Is do we see? Do you want me to read Sam?
4: I do have Sam's pulled up right here. Well, the then room. it's
3: yeah. got to happen. It's got to happen. Can only do this for a little while longer. Oh
1: my love, loves going to leave.
3: So it's although, been a while. although I gotta imagine. How expensive could it be to license this fucking song? Uh, according to Sam You'd be surprised how easy it is still, to actually license music.
4: Yeah. According to Sam, they're oh, still pretty big in Europe.
3: Yeah. You know what, though? Still really. Yeah. Where so in, is David Hasselhoff? Yeah. Where in Europe? Where in Europe? You know, it's it's like those when I was a kid. Yeah. Those guys that were in, like guys a couple years older than me that were in like black metal bands. And they're just like, yeah, man, like we can't get any traction here. But we're really big in Sweden. It's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, we're massive in Finland. Yeah. <laughs>
4: So Sam has a Game of Thrones based question.
3: All right, here it gets started. So this
4: is this is a, a long question from Sam, but I will read it. So he says, "Okay, should we just get this out of the way right now?" No. Yeah, you could do that up top. Okay. Um, I won't have as long-winded a response to this, but I do have a rant written.
3: Well, Sarah's um, got Sarah's got yeah. a long one as well. So read.
4: Uh, Sam says, "Okay, I'm a Game of Thrones fan, and I have been biting my lip on a few issues that have been bothering me with the show this season." First, during Season 8, Episode 3, a majority of the army was defending Winterfell from an oncoming horde of undead. This is hysterical. By standing in neat rows in front of the fortress. Then their entire cavalry section suicidally charged the undead army before they came into view and all died. Spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, if you haven't been watching this season. Um, Then in the last episode, the Golden Company took up a position in front of the gates of King's Landing where they all died.
3: So do you notice that this is not one of those writing as shitty questions? This is literally a... So he goes on to say,
4: now, from what I learned in school about the use of castles, again, Sam is very British.
3: So they have them like every every other block. (laughs) I think
4: general wisdom tells you to put all of your forces behind the fortifications and wear your enemy down slowly, pulling them into bottlenecks. You only actually charge out to meet the enemy head on when you are certain their forces are sufficiently depleted from the attacking your fortifications literally that you why are they, assured an easy victory. Literally why uh, they were designed the way they were. I do so, have a
0: theory on the first one.
4: So his question is, what is the purpose of building a fortified location if you aren't going to use them <laughs> and just leave your troops standing in a death trap of your own making stuck between your own walls and your enemy's front lines? So uh,
0: when the uh, Winter King was coming in, their plan was not to win the battle on the field, but instead to provide enough of an engagement that would show that they were losing the fight so that the Winter King would go after the Three-Eyed Raven mm-hmm. because the only way they would actually succeed in any scenario to kill the would be to kill the Winter King. Right, yes. So
4: Which was established. That was their plan. Yeah.
0: So you could argue that the entire purpose of them being outside of the walls was to be giant bait. So it's just a giant fucking and meat, it's also meat grinder. Then. Yes, we've
4: already established over the decade that the show has been running, the Dothraki are really only really good in open field yes. in a cavalry position. I mean, if Doth- you're putting they, them behind walls, they're gonna scream and swing swords. The purpose a lot, but of the, the Dothraki horses.
3: The purpose of the Dothraki are to die. They're, yeah. th- they're Genghis they're
4: Khan. They're the Huns. They're they're meant to be on horseback with their curved swords swinging at shit.
0: The, the second part of that is you have these mythical creatures that are literally able to destroy entire swaths in single routes. Mm-hmm. Having everyone in a contained area would just make your troops, while well, they would be more effective because you have a bottleneck, they would just be lit the hell up. Yes. I still don't think it's a good tactic. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not defending the tactic, but, you know, if I was to stretch the story a little bit, that's how I would do it.
3: Can I answer my opinion on this? Mm-hmm. Sure. What's the point? Um, because it's boring television if you have them just standing behind a wall waiting for something to do. That and too.
4: that is, it is 100% what will happen in the books because we've had super
3: long sieges in the books yep. where everybody's behind yep. walls. I mean, honestly, but you, you put them all out there because you get an action sequence. Your out of it. average. your average... TV watcher, the Game of Thrones watcher, in their brain, they're thinking the Battle of Helm's Deep. Actually, no, mm-hmm. the Battle of Helm's Deep was, was a was deep a James battle. I'm sorry, yeah. the Battle of uh, of Pelennor Fields. Mm-hmm. They're thinking the end of fucking Return of the King when one dude's running out with a sword and gonna go, you know, that's the type of, sh- that when they right. see that, that's what they're equating to it. I do also
4: want to say I didn't see the point in them bringing in the Golden Company at all. Um... The leader of the Golden Company had two lines this entire season, and then immediately died. They could have just made them more Lannister forces, and it would be the
0: exact same thing. Yeah, they 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 could have completely there skipped was, that bit. Yeah,
4: there was there was no real point
0: in them bringing. However, in... why to put the Golden Company outside the wall? You got to pay the ones that survive. Oh yeah,
3: so you <laughs> might I'm as saying. well just <laughs> clear them out. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, now our next one comes from Sarah, who I think has officially earned the right to get a theme song. Do we have one picked for her? No. <laughs> that
1: implies that we plan these things. Well, we're gonna have to think of one. Um, her, uh, her what, what about that one that goes, I think we used that one. Right? We already used that one. All right. Um, so, Sarah's is
3: also Game of Thrones related. Mm-hmm. And hers was in response to the uh, the Facebook post, and I, I maybe, I don't know if you put it on um. I put it on Twitter. Instagram. It was definitely on Instagram. It was a, hey, the, the whole thing where you're gonna talk about how you're mad about Game of Thrones. Yes. She says, hey, grouches, I'm definitely interested in hearing why Joe is mad about Game of Thrones. Personally, I'm a little sad. As we said before, there's spoilers here. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler, the Kingslayer deserved a less underwhelming fate. and that's a lot of people that's, are saying I'll that. talk about that. Yeah. I'm also nervous the show as a whole won't have time for a denouement, which I also agree with, and I don't even watch the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll talk about that later as well. More generally, I think some of the common complaints I've encountered recently, aside from being a surprisingly accurate predictor of one's favorite character, have come from a misunderstanding of the type of story being told. Yep. The way, And she's right, by mm-hmm. the way. No, uh, yes. The way I see it, it all goes back to the Victorians and the Edwardians. And if you guys know Sarah, mm-hmm. none of what she is saying is surprising <laughs> to you right now. Uh, The way I see it, all this goes back to the Victorians and the Edwardians and how their mode of storytelling has skewed our expectations. Modern fantasy, at its worst, can be an incredibly self-referential genre, so much as a copy of a copy of a copy of Tolkien and his contemporaries. And our modern assumptions about fantasy and fairy tales have been distilled from some very sanitized and moralized versions of now-familiar stories. And certainly in the case of Tolkien, some of the deeper and more difficult themes and questions have been long lost along the way in favor of the style. From the very beginning, A Song of Ice and Fire is felt felt innovated because Martin was calling back to older story forms and subverting common tropes. Morality and honor are never armor against evil. Magic does exist, if rarely, but is never the ultimate answer. Wits and luck and choices are the most important factor. There are tragic heroes. If you look to Shakespeare and to Greek tragedies, every shocking plot twist or heart-wrenching death in Game of Thrones, or A Song of Ice and Fire, makes sense with hindsight at the very least. It's all logical, no matter how brutal. I'm sure I could go on, but I get a bit self-conscious about sending you a dissertation.
1: Sarah. Um... Do not be self-conscious. I wrote seven pages on why Batman versus Superman sucks. (laughs) Um, But unlike unlike her letter, that's not getting read on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: I've got it queued up.
4: (laughs) So would you like me to read what I have written here? Well,
3: I was going to say, well, first of all, uh, do you think what you have to say adds to what Sarah's thing is and then we can open it up?
4: I think... I agree with her on a lot of points. My my main rant and the thing that I'm most upset about...
3: Well, because I'm just saying... Uh, does you know, do you touch is, on things. Is there but anything if, specific if anything that she has said that you, say, Michael, want to jump in on? Or are you ready for Joe to just let loose?
0: Go for it, Joe. Uh, there are... I have thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. on... But it would be another, like, hour and a half, yeah. two hours.
3: And Joe's definition of a rant is nowhere near what my definition of a rant yeah, is. Yeah, mine's so only, like... Go for it. Seven paragraphs. <laughs>
4: um... So I will say, again, up top, spoilers for the latest episode of Game of Thrones if you haven't been watching, you know. Whatever. I'm assuming if you care about it, you've seen it. But anyway, so if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, I'm sure you're aware of the rift between fans this season. For a long time, it was just book readers versus show watchers as a debate. But now that HBO has surpassed George R.R. Martin's incredible book series, seriously, get on it, everybody has been on the same page <laughs> of not knowing what will happen next and we're down to show watchers. We're the, show watchers the first three as books scenes were, unfold.
3: The first three books were incredible, but after that, we're...
4: I've got a different opinion than you, but that's fair.
3: Um, Actually, the first two, A Clash of Kings is a great book. I mean, A Storm of Swords is a fucking phenomenal Yeah, book. those first three books are awesome. Continue, I'm sorry.
4: Um, so, uh, Everyone's now on the same page of not knowing what will happen next, and we're down to show watchers versus show watchers as new scenes unfold. This season, being the final season, has led to probably the biggest split in the show's run, where some people truly love it and some people are incredibly disappointed or downright angry. I was fairly firmly in the middle ground for many things, as I have been for the last few seasons. Personally, I feel like the show really started going downhill at season four. Some of the cool, interesting stuff happened, and some utter bullshit also took place on screen. But overall, I was still enjoying myself enough to keep coming back. After this last episode, though, Season 8, Episode 5, I am very disappointed. Not many people are upset for the reasons that I am, which I don't completely agree with Yes, I think Danny's arc was always leading to where she is now, insane, burning, innocent civilians becoming her father's daughter. I think her writing and the writing of many of these characters has been very all over the place and rushed, and it seems like the writers have just sort of given up and gone for a how many cool characters can we fit into this cool scene style? Um Uh, There is a lack of logical character development on many characters' behalves, but I can see and explain why she did what she did at the end of the episode, even if the show writers didn't do it on screen. Um, My true problem lies with the Lannister twins, Cersei and Jaime. Since season one, Cersei has been a monster, slowly succumbing to her own madness, lust for power, and craving for adoration, fear, and blood. Much like in the books, she starts much more subtle and becomes more and more power-hungry and insane, appointing people to positions she shouldn't have, growing mistrustful of everyone around her. She is manipulative and hubristic and basically the biggest asshole in the Seven Kingdoms. Jaime starts as a monster, pushing a child out a window, killing men in the street, and just being a giant douche. As his story progresses, however, he learns the true meaning of loyalty, honor, and yes, even friendship. We find his motivations for doing some of the things that he did and the bathhouse scene between him and Brienne remains one of the best in the show's history. He gets humanized, he becomes far more humble, and even turns his back on his sister to fight against the army of the dead. He is on his way to a true redemption, going from a horrible child murderer to a genuine good man. That is, until the last episode, when we get, and here's where the big spoilers start, the deaths of Cersei and Jaime. Starting there, having them crushed to death away from everyone else was bothersome, uh, Cersei, who remains steadfast in her lust for blood, power, and all things nefarious, gets crushed and killed in a death that could basically have been shown off screen. She was a genuine villain and set up to be the biggest bad after the leader of the White Walkers, um, but this also sees the end of both of their arcs, and this is where I get a little angry. Let's start with Cersei. Cersei, who, again, has been ruthless, villainous, and all around terrible, begins to weep real tears and show real fear. I can understand this. A bully who used violence to get what she wanted, having that violence turned back on her, that's an option that writers certainly can make. Although I took her for more of a coward's way out type, as we saw at the end of season two when she tries to poison herself and her child. Seeing her crying and humanized after the atrocities that she uh, committed, however, the lies, the deceit, the murder, the acts of terrorism against her own people, the obliteration of an entire noble house, and yet, she gets to end in a way that makes the viewer feel bad for her. It's not how I saw her story ending, and I understand why it happened, but it doesn't really fit the way that her character has been going, and it almost cheapens the things that she did, (coughs) and it robs the viewer of a satisfactory end and seeing her answer for her crimes before she dies. Jamie, on the other hand, receives far worse treatment, in my opinion. After six seasons of watching him grow from a hated murderer to a true knight and friend, he returns to King's Landing to... save his sister and take her back? (laughs) Jaime knows what a monster Cersei is. Jaime has rejected her ways and grown into his own person. He's seen how she's lied and manipulated him to get her way. She used him to attain more power. He survives the Long Night, enters a relationship with Brienne, attempts to atone for his attempted murder of Bran, only to take Cersei back and comfort her as they get crushed together under the Red Keep? Why? Where did this come from? There was no setup. There was literally just an excuse to have him back in King's Landing for this confrontation. It completely undermines years of storytelling, years of character growth. All of Jamie's story has been a complete waste of time thanks to this conclusion. Why have him be with Brienne? Why have him showing? Why show him rejecting Cersei's way of ruling? Why have him leave King's Landing at all? Jamie's final words before heading back to Cersei is about how Cersei and he are both hateful. Some of his last words to Tyrion are about how he never truly cared about the small or the innocent, only for Cersei, but that isn't true, Jamie. We've had years of character building to the building in this show that you are different, that you changed, that you wanted to be a better man, and to show the world that you were more than just the kingslayer. You wanted to fill your pages in the white book with heroic deeds like your brothers did before you. That underneath it all, you always cared for the small folk, the innocent. That's why you killed King Ares. That's why you joined the North to fight the dead. That's why you okay. gave Brienne Oathkeeper. That was your whole story. And honestly, when I watched season one, episode one, and if you watch season eight, episode five, back to back, you would assume Jamie went through the whole series doing nothing but pining for his sister and being a shitty person. And that's not fair to the character. I know the quality of writing has gone slightly downhill in some respects, but this seems like a whole nother level. This seems like a waste of time comparable to lost when they said in season one, it's not purgatory. And then it was totally purgatory the whole time. I feel.
3: Yeah. That's because they didn't, they they didn't have that ending written
4: (laughs) now. Yes. I will come back next week. We have one episode left and I've watched all the rest and I've certainly enjoyed more episodes than I've disliked, but I know now for a fact that the ending I'm looking for won't come until the winds of winter and a dream of spring. If they ever are released are released. There's no chance that these writers will be able to bring me the true resolution that I'm looking for to this story. Um, I'll just have to wait and hope that George finishes and releases his final two books and do my best to enjoy the show for what it is. A fairly good adaptation of a story
3: that I enjoy. So is it me or... um, I, again, I don't watch the show. Everything I see is external. I've read the books, Mm -hmm. but everything I see is external. When I heard how Jamie went, and I thought about a lot of the stuff that you thought about, I didn't see a guy who had developed into a good character. I saw a guy that was fighting desperately with the demon of guilt for like seven seasons and failed. And in the end, in the end, he ended up back where he deserved because you can't good away all the evil he did.
0: I'm also going to put out there, and this is going to have some, like, I don't know, like, content warning sort of things. Uh, He wasn't a good guy through the entire middle of his arc. He sexually assaulted his sister on the tomb, uh, on the corpse of their incestuous dead son. Like, I think a, a, a lot of what's happening is that people are anticipating specific endings that they would like to see Star Wars okay. mm-hmm. and because we had a long enough of a break between the last ones that came out and this end of the series you know people are going you know Daenerys uh, shouldn't have burned things well of course she should have. First, I agree that, you know, representation of mental illness on TV is horrible. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. However, I'm also going to say that this series is not the place where you look for any sort of proper right, yes, representation right. because yes, of how absolutely. horrific everything is. There was a vision where she walked into the the, the red keep and ash was falling. There was there, she's, Yeah, she's certainly is. And tell me
4: foreshadowing too. Her burning kings,
3: Landing. like she, It's no, yeah. this is not even foreshadowing. She flat out, literally mm-hmm. says, "I'm going to burn and take." And you know, w- with, and again, the Jamie thing. I, I, and again, I, 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 see my big thing as on Daenerys. Um, the Jamie thing, you know, I, I think what his arc would would have benefited from were a couple of more episodes. I agree, and I think. I don't think Daenerys would have de- would it would have benefited from a couple. Oh, we should have seen her descend into madness more, dude. You've watched this bitch descend into madness. She has, yes, from day one. And I I see like, the criticism of
4: well, she never wanted to kill innocents before, and it's at this point she's fucking fed up with everybody right. telling her but, what she can and can't. But do. But the fact is, and she's gone insane. But when you no, but
3: yeah, I don't even, even think worse. it's insane. Even I think worse. It's, you say she doesn't want to kill innocents. She doesn't want. But what are innocents? Right. She doesn't want to kill the people who she thinks is innocent. Mm-hmm. She doesn't think anybody in King's Landing right. is innocent because those people they were, were all they were implicit. Cersei's meat shields, right? They and they were all impl- because they're of King's Landing. Mm-hmm. They were all implicit. They were all her enemies. Right. I mean,
4: because they could have risen up and taken down Cersei no, themselves. No, but
3: not even that.
0: She's a colonizer. Right. She she but, literally saw everyone there as an enemy.
3: They mm-hmm. are her she's she's a Targaryen. Mm-hmm. They are her enemies. They're not bending knee to her, therefore they should be destroyed. Think about how often this daffy bitch ben, mm. bend your knee. Bend right. your, like she is the medieval
1: general Zod. Mm-hmm. Like, like honestly. We talk about Superman now. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I got them notes. No but, you know I mean? no, but you know what I
3: mean. You know what I mean, though. Like it's like well, well, she only crucified bad people, but she crucified people. See, yes. See
0: that's the thing. It's like uh, Daenerys has been doing the same tactics and traits all the way along. It's just up until this point, and, and it's one of the things I think that people are having an issue mm-hmm. with with the last episode is the concept of punishment, right? Like uh we we gloss over the the fact that you know uh king joffrey used to shoot uh, crossbow bolts into a, na- a naked servant mm-hmm. for you know eroticism because he got punished right we have a a sense of completion because the bad person is punished but when we get to this last episode that we saw there ain't a single person in that show who's good
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, yes like We've, we've already trimmed the two sides of the spectrum. It's like when, uh, when the entire scene of the uh, scenarios with the creation of Reek happened, mm-hmm. we were sitting here going, in the beginning, going, he's a horrible person. You see everything that he did with the start. That's, that's a horrible person. He deserves <laughs> what he gets. And then we get halfway through and we go, oh, shit, no yeah. one deserves that. Because yeah. that goes from punishment to cruelty. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to see Cersei get punished. I think it's more poetic that she didn't get punished
3: and she became irrelevant. Yeah, she died in ignominy. She died alone. She Well, she died effectively alone. She didn't right. really die alone. But she died with no one to see it, no one to note it, no one to make a big deal about it. She was just another casualty.
0: Yep. Like, for, for me, the writing on that was written well. I don't agree with all of the scene setting and how it was visually presented, mm-hmm. because that scene could have been more powerful if instead of crying about the the unborn baby and you know her relationship, which I still with her don't brother. think exists. Yeah, I still don't think she's yeah, pregnant. Yeah, one way or the other on it. Like instead <laughs> of focusing, <laughs> not on, <laughs> more, Instead of focusing on that aspect, mm. giving more of the 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 driving home of. This person is going to die alone and forgotten. Mm-hmm. That's the worst punishment is, in the world. This is for a character a who, yes, she's yes.
4: narcissistic. She's hubristic. She, I agree with you. It would have been, even if that was the death scene for her, if they had focused in on the fact that she's not going to get this big public execution. She's just going to be another casualty, and that's what they had honed in on. Yeah, but that's not the writing. But how do you, yeah, how do you hone in on that? Here's what I think. The thing that disappointed me about her death is that it made me feel bad for her.
0: But you're human. But that's great. That's good. Think about it. You felt bad for a murderous, incestuous, horrible, horrific monster and you felt bad. I just that's great I writing. But
4: I don't think she earned that.
3: But you don't earn that. You got to realize and 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 a lot of people feel the way you do.
0: Yeah, it's completely uh, valid. The raw, fact the it's... fact
3: is is that you feeling bad isn't their fault. It's your fault. You feel bad. That's your fault, that's mm-hmm. on you. And that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it, it, there's hum- Because the fact is, you feel bad. Mm. And now you're thinking about it. It's still in your head. God, I feel bad. Mm. I don't wanna feel bad, but I feel bad. It's, not only is it evoking emotion, mm. it's continuing to evoke emotion. I don't know, sounds like art to me. It's, you know, not every story needs to be tied up in a bow. Not every expectation needs to be met.
2: Mm-hmm. You know
3: what? Everybody wanted Snoke to fucking have a grand right. fucking death. Dude got fucking cut in half like a Bitch, and you know what? It was awesome. It was, um, you, you know, and I'm not saying you're wrong. No, yeah. I, I, I mean, you're these wrong. Are, you're wrong, opinions. but I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> See, these are, I, these are all opinions. Um, yeah, I think
0: it was more of a cinematography issue than a writing issue. I,
3: I think, I think there was a lot of the setup on it. From what I understood, it just kind of. I, I think. I really think. I'm never one for, for. It sounds like the this entire season is. 10 pounds of shit packed into a 5 pound. This bag. really I I think
4: the big issue is that they asked for less episodes. Yeah, if they had more episodes to expand on things oh, that was I me. could they could have well done. delved deeper into we things that were going. We and shifted also,
0: entire story styles. Yes, like the way it originally started is you have this growing, expansive world where mm-hmm. all of these characters who were brought in and you follow their lives and right. you're, you're like watching it like as a microcosm. Even though a good portion of them had absolutely nothing to do with the quote-unquote mm-hmm. main story arc, right. now we're reaching the end of the series mm-hmm. where things have to be pulled into the main story right. arc. Because that's how TV works instead of books. Yes, yes, Now, I think it's great that some of these characters are like, oh, I can't wait until so-and-so gets punished or so-and-so, that they don't. Because that sort of gives more realism to the world to me. And I understand I that it's that. fantasy and, mm-hmm. you empty, know. A-
3: empty hollow death, yeah. it's Yeah, it's, I can see that.
0: I mean, nothing's ever gonna beat the scenes of the Red Wedding for me. Like, <sighs> like at any point during this series. mm and I also think there are parts that could have been done better, but I don't think it was in the writing. Like, you know, Arya writing – we've already had 100 spoiler warnings if you're mm-hmm. – at this point, it's not my fucking fault. Um, Aria getting the pale and ashen horse and mm-hmm. riding out on an ashen horse and I have become death. Like, mm-hmm. that was, to me, very ham-fisted. That was just like
3: yeah. – and she is death. Yeah, we, we
1: were yeah, there. We got it. We got it. We got it.
0: Yeah, we we didn't need that like that right there. Mm-hmm. But then there were also portions that were beautiful in that episode, like when Grey Worm looks back and just has that moment where he looks at John, mm-hmm. and John's resisting the fight. and He's just like, "You're not doing this. You're obviously not right. lost the same way and I did, have lost."
4: I did like in this episode when John can't hold people back and you see the quote-unquote good Northmen who are assaulting yep. women and murdering people on, in the streets because, fuck it, they're they're saying that we can keep killing people? Let's fucking keep killing people. Like, I think that's really... Game of Thrones does a great job of saying there are no good people. There are yeah. no, there are no there heroes. There are no evil people. There are no good people. There are just people are no surviving heroes. in this world. And this is what happens. And I think Game of Thrones has done a great job of that throughout the seasons. I can see both of your points. And I can also understand I, you, you yeah. not liking it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that's completely. I'm, I'm felt yeah. with a lack of satisfaction, but yeah. I see the points of other people. Around. And it, like I said, it does not diminish me enjoying the show at all. Right. Now, there was I mean, a
0: part that I was really let down on. Which is? The Hound in the Mountain. Yo. There's
4: a lot of fan service stuff this season too. Yeah. That I feel, like, yeah. I honestly feel like the Jamie Brienne thing. Yeah. It was was fanservice. a fan
3: service thing. It was, like, somebody slash, it was somebody slash? somebody slash fic come to life? Like I
4: think, I think they could have epitomized that relationship with the scene of them in the room by the fire and him knighting her. Yeah. And saying, "Look at these great friends and this bond that they've created," which then her crying as he's leaving to go back to King's doesn't Linden lose any could have yeah. been even more impactful. I think that she's like, Yes, you finally are this honorable man. I've helped you discover who you truly are, and him rejecting that. Mm-hmm. Then I could I feel like that would have made me feel better about this episode if they just skipped the whole fan service of Jamie and Brienne sleep together, but Jamie's gonna go home. Yeah. But I, I also feel like that's...
0: See, the only thing I would have really rewritten over the past couple of episodes is Jon Snow, mm-hmm. pet's fucking ghost. Oh, I, I also I know,
3: people are really upset about that. I was really He's satisfied. a good boy.
0: You scritch that remaining <laughs> ear and I was... you send him north with Torbjorni-arni-arn <laughs> to go have more giant milk I in was the north.
4: so satisfied with Kyburn's death, though. Yeah. The mountain just taking him by the throat and And throwing him in rocks. Where it's just just like, you created this monster. You no longer have control of this monster. It fucking killed you. Like,
3: I loved that moment. So, one of the things that really gets to me, and as I said, I don't watch. I haven't Mm -hmm. watched since the second season, Mm -hmm. but I've followed the entire time, Mm -hmm. you know? Especially, I was more interested once we got past the books. But then again, there's right. stuff that they did during the book. I'm still late. I'm still waiting for Lady Iceheart. Um,
0: Keep waiting. <laughs> yeah, it's just
3: not gonna happen. Um, I thought
4: Sansa was gonna fill that role, and she did not. Didn't. Um, Sansa for the Iron Throne. She. I've heard when she fed dude, Ramsay to those fucking dogs. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh yeah, she's boy, finally yeah. making the turn.
3: Bran's gonna end up on the Iron Throne. Really? You think yeah, so? Yeah, Bran's gonna end up on the Iron Throne. I go Sansa. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, well, I mean, it's certainly not going to be John.
0: <laughs> my my it's guess supposed is to be John. Arya kills. Uh, you think Arya kills? Uh, I think, Daenerys. Yeah, and I think John dies killing the dragon.
4: I think yeah. if San, I think Sansa ends up on the throne, and I think she keeps Tyrion on his hand.
0: Yeah, or husband. Or husband. Mm-hmm. She rules from the north. He rules from the south. Yep. They yep. already have an alliance of all these powerful uh, lords that are actually mm-hmm. loyal to them. Maybe we get Arya deciding in her new story arc where she's deciding that she wants to have a name. Yes. The only,
4: the only character I no, really want to survive through this whole thing beyond anyone else is Sir Davos. <laughs> let my onion boy live.
0: All right. I'll let the. Let's agree. The onion lives, and the half hill giant frozen man from the north with his wolf lives. Yes. All right, cool. Yes. Everyone uh, else can die.
4: I can
3: I can agree there.
0: There we go. So
3: and I'm going to I'm <laughs> going to I'm going to get a little indignant here. Um nothing to do with with any of this plot stuff. Um I I hate neck beards. Mm-hmm. I hate fanboys. And there's a very common term. That's why I kind of called you out on it mm-hmm. today. There's a common thing I have heard from people. Um, like there was a change.org petition. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was quoting when um, I said I the... hate that thing. So saying- <laughs> Let's we to remake hire... season eight with competent with writers. competent writers. Eat for... a
0: bag of belt-fed fucking dicks. I mean, competent, people competent writers. People made art, and if you don't like who's... it, that's acceptable, but, but, like, but- Competent,
3: the word competent- First of all, and I made this joke, if you're gonna give Benahoff a hard time for being incompetent, you don't do it for Game of Thrones, you do it for uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. But, <coughs> that being said, I'm over it, I'm over it. Um, you know, you have, su- this is the eighth season, seventh season? Eighth. Okay, you have sucked these men's dicks for seven seasons. They do, not you, mm-hmm. have you? No, you even, even sucked their dicks. It's. I enjoy
4: the Just show. A little. A little. I've enjoyed a lot of moments. I've talked no, about. No, no, no. It I was asking if you, if, I have, physically, if, you, if you have physically if have
3: filleted these men. No. Okay. I don't think uh, I would do either. But... but the majority of you have That's sucked these hard. men's dicks for seven seasons. Like some of you have become like. Firefly fucking militant. There are
0: children named after the characters and I know dozens of There's... peoples with house tattoos. There's okay,
4: a... So like you I, people. I love the meme post of like after last episode, everybody who named their daughter Daenerys. And or she's Daenerys like, or Cersei. She's uh... just like. Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, so, you, you know, and then you fucking people, you people. What do you mean you people? I mean you fucking people. Don't this you don't like something, and all of a sudden these people are incompetent or like, what the fuck have you ever written that's any good that, that anyone has ever wanted? Like, I want you all to die, and I want your well, mothers to die with you. The
4: thing is, they got did you sign they, that fucking uh, No, that fucking I did date? not cause this is this is their show season eight. They're not, I mean, you know, just because some of the things that happen in it are not what and I then, think would happen of course I doesn't super, make it bad. Yeah. I get super it's angry just, with the yeah. Star
3: Wars stuff, too. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, to retcon that, and this is my biggest fear with The Last Skywalker, which, mind you, so Rise far, of Rise of Skywalker, so far, that trailer, fucking dope. Mm-hmm. I want to see that movie, like, a, a thousand times. But, you know, is J.J. gonna go and undo the stuff that the th- fans bitched about? Right, and if so, why? And is it is it to service mm. the small vocal people, or even if they're not small and vocal, it's like, hey, you know what? It's 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 not for you. Right. It's for everybody. I, and they're and not writing for you.
4: They're writing for everybody. Benioff and Weiss said in an interview before we don't want we want we don't want Benioff and Weiss the, to make Star Wars. The we season want started writers. coming out. The they said. We made an ending that we're satisfied with. And that's all you can really ask for in a showrunner is hey, are you sad? George likes the last episode. Yeah. You know, George gave them his bullet points of these are the things that you need to hit to get to the ending. And they hit those bullet points, regardless of if you like the way they did it or not. Those are George's story points that he gave them. And they were in charge of writing the story around those bullet points. And. Whether you like it or not, that's the story they chose to tell. That's their art. And I appreciate their art. Just because I don't agree with everything that they've done right. and I would do things differently doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. I, I, I still God damn it. very much enjoy this show. And I am.
0: As, as soon as people become invested mm-hmm. in a world or a fandom or things of that yes. nature, they feel a degree of ownership over right. it. Right. And Absolutely. And th- that becomes dangerous because if you don't like something, yes, it's completely, de- you know, it's not only normal and acceptable. But if you dislike something, you go, eh, I didn't like this. Yeah. But it never stops there. <laughs> it-, it becomes like personal attacks and you go, these people are incompetent. No, they're not incompetent. They're very competent. You and, like, every person who comes out and goes, well, it's because HBO, you know, cut the budget or because this mm-hmm. person said this. Unless you're working on the team or have some sort of citable info, you're literally just spewing negativity right. for the sake of, you know, and spewing negativity. The one thing just that cut I, the
4: shit. The one thing I disagree with with the writers is multiple actors have come out and said, I went to the writers and I said, this doesn't make sense with the character that we've been establishing. Can you explain this? And they've said... And this is a direct quote from Mm -hmm. an interview that um, the actor who played Jamie Lannister, Nikolai, Mm, Custer Waldo, Mm -hmm. whatever, said he went up after last episode and said, I don't really understand what's going on. And they told him, you're just the actor. Read the words on the page. And at that point, if an actor comes up to you, they're trying to put on the best performance possible. They're trying to, they don't, necessarily need you to change the script they just want to know the motivation behind it because they want to put in the best performance possible and And, you know and
3: if they were just the writers I would be like you know what the writer would be like hey dude I'm not going to fucking help you go to see someone else but they're also the executive producers of that show they're the showrunners that being said you know if if I'm a writer and a fucking actor comes up and he goes I I don't want to do this my response part of my response would be okay why Mm-hmm. But then my in the end, if if I was if I was steadfast on mm-hmm. it, my response would be, "Listen, dude, that's not your right. job. You're right. not writing the show. I am." And they,
4: and you know, I also will say it it irks me a little bit as well that actors have come out and said that any talk of George's books, the source material on set, was sort of boo booed by Benioff and Weiss. They didn't really want people coming in, and that. Part of that I understand because they're trying to create their own portrayals yeah, yeah, of these they're, characters. They're,
3: they're, this is and this is whenever I see any mm-hmm. kind of adaptation stuff like that. Um, if you want the books, read the books. You've got the books. Yeah. They're there. They're for
0: you. What's written in book doesn't immediately trans. In most instances, especially does not translate. Especially
3: over to in TV. this series, yeah. well, I mean. And the example I always use is the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. The first two Harry Potter movies are slavishly. Mm-hmm adherent to those first yeah. two books and they are the wor- the most boring of the two of the of that entire series. And shit dude, they took the last book and split it into two fucking books and those two movies are still more interesting. Although the last book was Harry Potter and the Camp Out of Doom. Uh, I mean it really dude that's a yeah. like fucking 400 pages of goddamn mean, camping.
4: Especially like when we get if we get the chapters of Danny going in and roasting all of King's Landing, I'm really looking forward to her POV chapter of her on the back of that dragon and going through her thought process, but that's something you can never get on a television program. Yeah, and it's something that could never happen on a television program unless yeah. you had some really, honestly campy narration behind it, and that which would is why completely you're gonna love, which is
3: why it. you're gonna love slash hate the uh, David Lynch Dune movie mm-hmm. because they literally show them thinking and you Swear, it's in their head. all right yeah. so i'll tell you what we're gonna we're gonna hang it up here um goddamn, michael thank you so much for coming oh, thank you guys yeah, did you have fun yeah uh, that's three goddamn hours that's a uh, that's some longer than
0: three hours don't forget you stopped the clock at one point
3: shut up we got three hour <laughs> we got, it's a three hour episode on this it's like we're, we're, we're at 308 which means with the stoppage it's like 308 30 i don't know um But shit, so, I mean, yeah, god damn, good show. That was Uh, a really good show. What are we doing next week? Do I have something planned for next week? I don't... Oh, God. You know what? We think ahead for one week and now everyone expects us to do it every time. Fuck you. Next week,
4: <laughs> we'll do something. Something. And we'll let you know on social media when we know what it is.
3: And, Joe, how can they get us on social media?
4: Well, they can uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash couchcrouches. They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at couchcrouches. They can email us, couchcrouches at gmail.com. If they have any topics that they want us to cover for next week, we'd be happy to hear them. Um, and otherwise, they can find us on their
3: favorite podcasting software. Just search for Couch Crouches. We're the only one on there. We'll soon be on Pandora Podcasts as well. That's next. Gonzo's Black Magic Corner. Have you summoned the demons today? That's all I'm getting out of you, huh? Yeah. I'm fucking tired. Yeah, I hear you, dude. Uh, Michael Pucci, thank you again for coming. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a great time. For Couch Crouches, this is Jim. I'm
1: Joe. I'm Gonzo. Fuck on, audience. (laughs) shitting yourself after you die is kind of like the post credit scene of your life